From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. And welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya, tonight it's episode 50. Party! Party time. So we are talking about an all-time classic, The Matrix. It was we, made and distributed in 1999. We can't tell what The Matrix is. No, we can't. You have to experience <laughs> For yourself. It was written and directed by the Wachowskis. Wachow. Yes, the Wachowskis. <laughs> I know, whenever, whenever it's Wachowskis, I always think Wachow. Wachow. Like, Fair enough. martial arts maneuvers, I suppose. Okay. It's a shame that they don't do that themselves when they go on stage to introduce stuff. It's the sort of Wachowski. Cartwheeling out. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so turn back now if you have not seen this movie. Why have you not seen it? Why have you not? If you have not seen it, go back and watch it twice. Yeah. It's worth doing it because we are going to spoil a living crud out of this. And totally. You don't want to be spoiled by about this movie, so seriously, go back and watch it, and then tune back in, and then hear us fanboy ourselves to death over it. Definitely, this is a big one, The Matrix. So what is a little brief starting point of The Matrix? Well, we have this character called Neo. He's a computer hacker in 1990, and he gets shown the truth of our reality. And in fact, our reality in The Matrix is a computer simulation. And then he must decide whether he should stay and believe in himself to overcome this controlling artificial intelligence or return to the blissful ignorance of the matrix or our reality. <laughs> this is a film that will do your noodle in the first time you see it. Yes, in a good way. Yeah, in a very good way. But the thing that's going to really do your noodle is would it do your noodle if I hadn't said it was going to do your noodle? Yeah, that's exactly right. We, that, that we could be ruining it, but hopefully they've gone and watched it twice by now, sorry. Twice. Yep, so the action has already happened, They've... which we created that action because we told them to go watch it in the first place. Yes, and they denoodled. They denoodled it. They did. There is no noodle. Sorry, wake up. Ah! What is the number one takeaway from The Matrix? Number one takeaway from this Matrix is clicking, sliding phones are so cool. They're awesome. I remember watching this <laughs> the first time and schlick, yeah. out clicks the phone. I was like, that's just so cool. Sweet. Of course, we've got smartphones and everything coming along, and I watched it the other day. Yeah. It's still so cool to have a phone <laughs> that clicks. I would I would definitely have that. Because yeah. now that you see people, they sort of flick with their finger dragged on the screen, and they hold it up to their head, and they go, hello, hello, and they pick it up, and they look again to see if it's ringing or something. Put it, This thing, click, it's like a, like a weapon. It is like a weapon, yeah. And, and off they go. I agree. They, 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 they come across so cool in this film 
However, didn't that sort of style of phone die out because those little hinges kept breaking and not quite lasting as long? Wasn't that one of those things? Yeah. Like you remember these different... I remember I had the flick phone. It was just like a hinge. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. That was the first thing that went on the phone was that hinge, you know? And it's and I think I'm pretty sure that these sort of style phones that slid out or slid in or whatever you want to say, very quickly, it was that bit that broke. Well, they'd, they'd get a bit of sand or dust on it because you keep it in your pocket, don't you? Yeah. And so you get some sort of crud in there and yeah. it doesn't, doesn't properly quite. come out and then you can't <laughs> use it. And Yeah, they never really took off and it wasn't too long after 99 that we started to see larger screen phones. Yeah, we start heading into the, like, not the bigger phone. the full-on smartphone. Like, no. So I remember I had an HTC, which was maybe three-quarters... Mm. Phone of uh, screen yep. with some buttons down the bottom, yep. and the the style was definitely going to more screen. Yeah. Well, so there was a, a brief period there where it was cool to have this phone. Yeah, but watching it now, I reckon it would still be a pretty cool phone to have. Like, yeah, be cool if you get a phone call on the train, you and, pull it, and you pull it out and you go, <laughs> and answer it. Come on, yeah, it looked good. You're, I, you're, think, you're, I think the iPhone just annihilated these types of phones. Didn't it's, it? that's, it's far that's what more, it just did far more usable yeah i have played this movie in my teacher role to my students over a few years and a big comment from students quite often because we're talking from after the year 2006 so even by 2006 phones like this have gone and quite often like you know the 18 19 was like what the hell was the deal with those phones they were so weird <laughs> that would be you'd be like what's your number one takeaway from the matrix and they'd be like the phones are lame. They're so they're not like iPhones, or they're not like you know whatever is going on at the um, time. Yeah. Well, I remember the, so. the first time I watched this, and yeah. they they flicked these phones. It was just like that's, it, you know, it's weird. Yeah, because why do you? I, it makes a lot of sense from a storytelling, and and this is something well, it's I've a really visual noticed. Effect, right? It's, it's, like, it's very visceral. Yeah, it's how do you make receiving a phone call visual? Cool, yeah, because you know. That what they do these days now, of course, they have the phone vibrate very violently. Like if it's yeah. on a table, yeah. it doesn't just flash. It yep. it rattles around and moves mm. and, and the light is really bright. And we're even getting now, um, I just watched a TV show that did it where, and I've seen a couple other ones, but this TV show I watched recently, there's teenagers in it, there's a big bunch of the main characters, and we got their texts coming on the screen, you know, the bubbles? Yes. And I mean, I've seen that a bit, but this particular TV show, they really did it a lot. Um, but I quite in the show I watched recently, it was they did it in quite a smooth way. It wasn't too clunky, uh, and they were also messaging things that they weren't saying out loud. So it kind of whereas because I've seen that as well over the years with phones where people were like, "Sorry, let's meet tonight to do a podcast." Oh, I'll put that in a text, yes. and then it even writes it on screen. You're like, "Why have they just?" But whereas this show did it a bit more like how teenagers do that, send each other all these messages and. You can't, other things are going on, you know, so they made it a bit more smooth. Uh, but it is funny to think about the phones in this film. I love the phones, and I've noticed a lot in movies where you need to put actions to things. That's why smoking is still yeah. so common. Yeah. It's less or common drinking, than it used to be. Like drinking a wine or something. Eating. I, uh, I watched the Vikings movie, uh, movie TV series. Mm. And if you haven't seen it, it's very cool. It's, it's not science fiction. No, it's, it's not. history. <laughs> it's history. Well... A fantastical, fictional history. A fantastical version of this. But the, the amazing thing that happens is in a number of times that they have these 
conversations or confrontations while they're eating and yeah. they're like there's always someone's holding something nondescript you don't know what it is they're yeah. holding it in their hand and they sort of put it in their mouth and like tear off a little bit of it yeah like it could be paper mm. or, or like jerky maybe as I, yeah. I don't know what it is you can't see it it may not actually have anything in their hand yeah it might just be you know put they put their hand up to their mouth and kind of mm, and tear off a bit and then they munch on it and then talk and move around and it's just it's a bit uncanny how many times they can be doing that. Yes. Or drinking mead from a horn or something. Yeah, yeah. So that you've got a bit of action going on there. Yeah, I was just watching that. Uh, it's a fantasy show, Discovery of Witches, based on a book. And um, like all the creatures are always really drinking something. That's what I really noticed in this season two of that. They're all... So the vampires have always got like a glass of red wine. Like they just always do. But they're very different glasses. It really stood out to me. Like the the wine glass was extremely different. And then like the uh, witches are like drinking scotch and stuff like that. Like they're always, they've always got that, you know, like they've Mm. just got a glass there or so if they're sitting at a desk, the glass is there, you know, and they might start yelling at someone and then they take a sip and then they throw the glass. So I think it's just a really clever, dramatic visual tool, isn't it? Yeah, and so the Matrix does that with phones. Phones is it, and that's because it's oh, that's part of the theme. Is yeah. is this uh, network, this communication? It's a way to communicate, right, and and also transport ourselves. Yeah, it's right. wonderful, wonderful use of these these topics. In fact, it was on this uh, viewing because I haven't watched this movie for many years. I watched it several times back in the early noughties mm-hmm. but then it's maybe it's been it's got to be 15 oh, years or more sorry since i've seen it so <laughs> it's i was watching it now coming from you know having matured my tastes shall we oh, say yeah. but you know coming particularly coming from space rains where yeah. we're doing this joy watching where we're we're also being a little bit analytical about what is it that's good yeah and i just i, I watched the matrix and went geez those wachowskis they have cracked it with the matrix mm-hmm. i could I've seen some of the other films, and and you know they're good, like Cloud Atlas. I enjoyed and the things, but but the Matrix is, and I'll go into more of these things as we go through the, mm-hmm. the recount the the story. It's just it just absolutely nails so many bits and pieces. But isn't the irony of the phones like going back to what my students were saying? Like, oh, it's, it feels like they're dated. Like you know, films sometimes they feel dated and stuff. But the irony of this film is that that's also part of the actual story because we're set brilliant we're set in the 90s and that's the actual story but it could have come out in 2020 because it could be 2020 for the characters (laughs) so when you start actually thinking about this again where you do your schnoodle in it's like because the film itself the story in the film they are set in the 90s because that's where the matrix is running its program so it's like the, a computer the matrix game just like, runs around so, ah, ah. so they have to have flip phones they have to have phones and old phones and old cars and stuff because that's when the program's running it's brilliant. It was, it's so clever it was a good idea there because the film was released in 99 it was filmed through the 90s 97 98 you know obviously they didn't this was not a quick film to to do. No, it was a big film. Big but it was, I think it was very wise to mention that specifically, as you said, The Matrix is running its program yeah. as 1990. You know, for you, this is 1990, but in reality, yeah. it's well past it's the year 3000. Yeah. I can't remember what, what year it is after, but it's... Yeah, he says, you hundreds know, it's, of years. It's at least hundreds of years yeah. after that. And it's unimportant exactly how far into the future yeah, it, it is. is. 
And yeah, because they said it prior to when the film was released, even if that that phone, which was only briefly released, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think it was sort of not widely distributed or used, even though it was so cool. It's cool because yeah, you watch it in year two thousand, and that phone, oh, that phone never really took off. No. Well, that's okay because the Matrix is specifically set before the film was released, even. Yeah. So yeah. They, they, they sort of a get out jail card, you it know, is, free yeah, card, it is. and they don't have to be particularly, um, you know, chronologically accurate. No, like if you set a film in the fifties, uh, you got to be careful because someone plays a bit of music on a radio. You better make sure that song came out, came out then or earlier, mm. uh, and was actually played on the radio. Yeah, because there are plenty of songs that we listen to from the fifties, for example, which never got a radio release, mm-hmm. and. But they could, they didn't have to, because no. they were just right there. And the a few years early, sometimes people do it. They get set in the near future, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of pretty. Neat. But the problem with that, of course, is in twenty years' time, you come back and watch it, and you go, "Oh, that's well, that never happened. That's not really very near future no. at all. We're more advanced than that, and we yeah. always have been. But not in this one. But let's let's move on then. Hope, warning, or experiment. Well, my question question back is: Is this all three? Because this film. Uh, really blows my mind, this story. And it's it's a hard one to think of because is it ultimately a story that humans, uh, we have hope? Is it a warning? Like as in we're a bit unsure what's about to, you know, like happen because of in this example, AIs have taken over and blocked the sun and all this sort of stuff. Or is it just an experiment like a what if, which it could be. So to me, this is a really tough one. Um, and... You know, like it, 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 it's interesting timing this for 1999 because we were heading to the Y2K fear. Mm. Uh, the Y2K, if you're anyone that's kind of young, <laughs> goes, what the hell is that? Y2K basically was suggesting that when we hit New Year's Eve or brand new day, 1st of January 2000, that the whole computer system would be corrupt and breakdown just because someone never coded in the date properly right and so the clocks would tick over and computers wouldn't know what to do and bank vaults would open and airplanes would fall out of the sky and all that and i think this dogs and cats living together rivers of blood (laughs) real end of time stuff real end of time stuff so what movie is that from oh ghostbusters ghostbusters yeah i was just gonna say yeah okay um but yeah so it's an interesting one because this film touches on what was happening when they were making and when they came up with this story in the mid 90s uh to late 90s this fear of the y2k getting bigger and bigger and bigger um and then this film deals with that like what if artificial intelligence took over and it also suggests that mankind is really to blame because we just bombed the shit out of the robots, but they were smarter than us. So, ah, it does my head in this film. And then it's also, it's a film that when you really start to break down some of the conversations, some of the points of the scenes, the themes of the film, it deals with religion. At the same time, it deals with like yourself and self-belief. Free choice. And free choice and, you know, believing in yourself. But then at the same time, it's also like technology versus man. And then it also does question what we're joking about before about would you do something if you knew you were, you knew that that would be the end result or do you do it because someone says you should go do it? Yeah. Oh God, like it really, it really is an awesome film, this one. So is it a hope warning experiment? I don't know. Is this the first film that encompasses all three? Sorry. It certainly has 
certainly has strong parts of each. It's got a very strong philosophical side to it, which is what makes it murky in this aspect. And I love, I love this film for that. Yeah. Because it's it's an action film. Uh, it's a bit of a suspense thriller film. Yeah, yeah. It's got big but, fun scenes in it. But it's it's got this you know chock with philosophy. And often you'll get a science fiction film that has these philosophical, deep philosophical questions. Yeah. Tends to be quite slow and moving, like yeah. Interstellar. Uh, it, it had a couple fast bits, but it was still a very slow yeah, rolling yeah. film that kind of yeah. went out. And you go back to two thousand and one, Space Odyssey yeah. addresses a few sort of questions about origins and evolution and, and artificial intelligence mm. and and you know time and who we are and and where we're going but again it's a uh quite admittedly a, a very boring film mm. in in many respects in from the point of view that you can get lost into it and marvel at at its you know uh, excellence yeah it's wonderful but the uh matrix has this heavy philosophical overtones you know what is reality do we yeah. really have free choice uh, are we living in a simulation all of these things as you said you know is there a god or spirits or are we on our own or or what have you yeah robots running the day Ro- robots artificial intelligence but it maintains itself as like a fast-paced action thriller yeah so you could watch this and not give a rat's ass about any of that yep. heavy stuff yep and just go wow isn't yeah. trinity's kick at the start so cool yeah which and, and okay, I'm, I'm going to have to confess here that um, there's going to be a lot of people who have watched it, say, in the past ten years, yeah, and it will seem a little bit, you know, passe, yeah, a bit old-fashioned. But the problem is, this is one of those things. It's like listening to the Beatles and going, oh, this is that kind of. It's it's a little bit old-fashioned. It sounds a bit like you know, a blur or something. Yeah. Yeah, Oasis, and they're so old. Pop rock, you know. Yeah, it's it's sort of old. But you go, no, no, no. The Matrix is what made itself look old-fashioned, if you will. Yeah. Um, Pre the Matrix, action movies and science fiction movies were like such different creatures. You look at uh, Predator. You look at RoboCop. Mm. uh, What some Starship Troopers was ninety-seven. Demolition Man. Demolition Man, yeah. They were all the action science Star- fiction yeah. films. Uh, and then even if you were to look at things like like Star Wars and stuff. Yeah. But that's the way Hollywood did action films, mm. in particular science fiction and so forth. Then along came The Matrix and you had this, you know, bullet times, stop motion, camera rotates around Trinity and then she, pow, launches into action. Yeah. They're wearing sleek black outfits and they're doing incredible kung fu moves. So they're pulling... Hong Kong choreography into Hollywood action, yeah, properly, not yep. just kind of mocking it. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 really they've got the anime sort of um, slow motion cuts, reflected glasses, reflections of everything. God yeah, damn it! Lots of and and you know all of that sort of style, and uh, that became the standard. Mm. And I can think of a few films off my head now which are just kind of. Directly out of it, yeah. They, remember that that Hansel and Gretel film, yeah. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of but, less cheesy ones, but yeah. they're all they're all because of the Matrix. Yeah, well, like, I, I mean, especially when you say action. I know we're dealing with science fiction, but 
after the Matrix Hollywood action. I mean, they took on this. Yes, there was martial art films in Hollywood before mm. this, like Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bruce Willis films, you know, that Chuck Norris films, all of those kind of ones were. But you, ha- you ended up having big explosions and bombs and all of that kind of was the day. In Hollywood, quite often, like in martial art action films, the there would be a bit of a ratio, I think, with martial arts versus explosions. Yes. <laughs> and you know, and big fight scenes. But then this particular, the Matrix, after the Matrix, actions became more of this, you know, having this hero that was like a martial art expert, weapons expert, you know, and trying to mix them all together. And I mean, that bullet time effect, I mean, after the Matrix and the success of it, I mean, it was in pretty much any action film, uh, any comedy film, they used uh, it a lot. Gora. <laughs> yeah, and and... Kid films and animation films, they just were like, because it was these guys, the Wachowskis and their cinematographer, they invented that in this Mm. film. Like it hadn't been, they just used camera technology. It wasn't, they brought, they didn't use anything that didn't, wasn't at anyone's fingertips, but they must have just thought this is such a great way of doing it. And they did. They came up with this bullet time effect where you set up a whole bunch of cameras in a circle of motion, they all fire at once. And then in the edit room, you piece them together and you get the old, it's almost what they used to call the old Zoe trope, which is that spinning wheel with oh, a yes. bunch of pictures on it and you get the illusion of motion. Yes. Um, so they did. You, they took animation in a way and brought it onto the visceral visual film scene, you know, and every other film then copied it for 10 years. And you're exactly right. Once you get to kind of 2010 or 2012 or something, then it's like Hollywood's like, oh, we're done with that. We've done that a lot, haven't we? Yeah, you know, every, and audiences everything, are. Everything did it. Mm. It's it's like I guess two thousand and one was another film that introduced uh, a lot of really big concepts and all the rest of it, but also this technology, this uh, rear projection, which rear was projection, used yeah. all the way up until the nineties. Yeah, yeah. And all the space scenes and and Star Wars introduced the computer controlled tracking cameras, so yeah. they could produce you know do do matting of space fights. Yep. And now, and then that was the way to do it. You know, suddenly you got dogfights and other And Jurassic films... Park was another one that kind of was the first one that brought across that computer simulation, you know, which was the T-Rex, you know, like, and, and mixing that with then animatronics. So kind of doing computer and yeah, visual Yeah, and, and trying to make and, it realistic. Yeah, yeah. I remember Who Framed Roger Rabbit was, was like a, hailed as a... An amazing thing where they did this sort of computer insertion of characters, mm. but they yeah. were cartoon characters. Yeah. So that they didn't have to be terribly realistic. Yeah. But yeah, Jurassic Park was like when, oh, these are realistic. Yeah, these are supposed to be in the dinosaurs scene yeah. in there. That's that, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, looking back at Jurassic Park, I watched it not long ago because my son is uh, eight and therefore into dinosaurs. Yeah. I am 45 and also therefore into dinosaurs. I don't know that it goes away. No. But my daughter's nine. She's not as into dinosaurs, but she still loves dinosaurs. Yeah. So we watch it a fair bit. And yeah, now you sort of look at it and you can see the, the textures on the skin shifting and a yeah. little bit of wobbling. And you sort of go, yeah, my you know, computer games do it better now yeah, in yeah. real time. But back in the day, back in yeah, 93, yeah. 97, 94. No, 90. It's like 93, 94. I think yeah. it's 93, 94. Yeah. yeah. It's always it just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. And likewise, the Matrix then introduced all, all of that slick action. You think of the X-Men, that's another one where, mm. you know, they're wearing the, any of these action films where they're wearing these slick, you know, costumes mm. and 
doing cool moves and with sudden slowdowns and yeah. then sudden speed ups and you know yeah. unusual angles and splashing water and uh, yeah that's that's all comes out of this. Although to be fair, the Wachowskis took a lot of that from Japanese anime, of course, yeah, yeah. Hong Kong cinema. You look they at uh, what's his name? He did Mission Impossible. Three director John Woo. John Woo. Yeah. John Woo is famous for like you know the doves yeah. flying off, but yeah. you know the slow motion rotating two yeah. guns, yeah. Um, a flash of something or other. You know, like it's yeah, this yeah. tapestry being woven before your eyes in yeah. slow motion, and then suddenly oh, going fast. Yeah. He was doing that in Hong Kong. Yeah, like like I've I've watched a lot of Hong Kong martial arts films. Uh, it was free to air on you know when I was at uni, so that's what I did, and. Yeah, but they put it all together in this Hollywood package. Yeah. And since then, uh, everyone jumped onto it. And there's still you know, reverberations of that in yeah. today's films. I'm trying to think of uh, the most recent film that I've seen in the cinemas. Uh, okay, hey, um, Occupation Rainfall. That had elements. It did. Inspired by Matrix-type um composition of yeah scene. definitely oh the wachowskis didn't they definitely like pulled in i mean even when we watched gantz zero mm. you could see how that kind of anime style that's the matrix style right like it's not like they invented that style but it's just bringing it into the the hollywood mainstream audience, yeah and, and you know, mixing like, it with the hollywood and then, and then mixing in machismo and yeah so that's also. right yeah and then mixing in these other interesting elements um and that's the thing with the matrix and why it deserves to be our episode 50 is that it's just so rich on so many levels you know the story hits the mark and we'll go to that in a little while the visual visual style of it was something that especially in 1990 time mainstream hollywood audiences hadn't seen um and then and then you couple in this kind of deep thinking which i totally agree you can be and i think this is why it makes it probably a perfect hollywood film is that regular joe could go sit down with a box box of popcorn and go oh yeah dude neo he's a hacker and he gets shown this world he has to believe that he's the one, and then he kicks some, kicks the shit out of some artificial dudes with a gang of posse. There's a traitor in there, and then he does believe he's the one and overcomes them. Beautiful. Story, I like it. It's Here's my ten bucks. It's Toy Story. It is. It's the same story, right? It's the same hero's journey story. It goes to that kind of idea. So it's the you know like Blake Schneider. You know how Blake Schneider talks about the. I love how he talks about pitching. He says like the caveman around the fire like yeah. that. And I don't know if you remember that analogy, but it's like film Hollywood films, especially like they need to be like a caveman could come home from the hunt and say, Oh, how'd your hunt go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was tough out there. There was a woolly beast and I had to jump a Creek and I did the, like, we all enjoy that sort of action adventure story. And the matrix has that. But then if you want something that's a little bit deeper, every single scene and conversation in this film has that symbolic element to it that there's more going on and if you are someone that has read a lot um, or watched a lot of films you start to notice those reference points that the Wachowskis have put in and it just blows your brain away. Uh, I think when we get into the I will, we'll move on pretty quickly we because will. I think we can end up talking we about it. <laughs> there's, there's a number of, like, what I never noticed the first couple of times I watched it. So when I watched it the other night, as I said, 
from the space brain's point of view. Yeah. Because they're space brains, and I'm hoping that uh, people listening to this start taking this kind of opinion. Yeah. Because we have, in our list of 50 films, mm. there are films that have been you know, absolute critical successes. Yeah. And there have been films that have been heavily panned. There's, like have got yeah. like rotten tomato scores really low. Yeah. And we've enjoyed all of them. And some films that are sort of haven't had much, much light exposure, of the day, yeah. exposure. Yeah. And so as, as this joy watching here, and I'm watching the, the Matrix in the same way, analyzing going, what is it that's really fun about this? What am I enjoying? What's mm. great? And we'll I'll pick up on a few things here, which I never picked up on before, and which make me realize now that, as I said, the Wachowskis, I've seen some of the other films didn't quite get the same thing. They really just, I don't know if they just had more time or more to um, prove with mm. this being their sort of first big, big film. film. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll go into that because I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah. So, sorry, what was your favorite scene? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so this is one of those really tough ones because... That's um, me doing a really poor Hugo Weaving, by <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> you are a cancer. <laughs> um. So, oh, geez, Louise. Pick how one. how do on. you pick? Okay, so right, pick one from pick. from the most recent viewing. Yeah, the one that I got the most enjoyment out of was the red pill, blue pill. Yeah, it's a good scene. And so, what's the point of that scene? Well, uh, well, I, the point of that scene is you know to to choose the second act. Yeah. Quite, it is. No, it is. Totally is. Literally is. Quite, quite literally. Does the film continue? Yeah. <laughs> or do we run the credits? Yes. <laughs> credits. I need to go to the uh, toilet. <laughs> so, why, why did you like it? Why the, uh, so, so what I loved about that visually, and I hadn't really noticed this before, but when they, they get to this building, we get this, um, it's Frankenstein. Okay, just, just yeah. the whole thing, as soon as they, they get... They pull up in the car. It's mm. rainy. It's Frankenstein's castle. They pulled up to basically. Yeah, right. And the way it's shot from the bottom, this weird. It is, isn't it? Almost gothic tower. This whole thing. Most of this was filmed in Sydney, so yes. yeah. I was recognising the Westpac building. It you actually said Westpac and yeah. MMI yeah, and, yeah. and all the rest of it. But the way they had it with the rain pouring mm. down, so that Frankenstein's castle, yeah. lightning flashes in the background. It's ominous, and they go in and you get that. Uh, angled down the, the, the staircase mm. and it's that sort of green, black and red and dark and dingy mm. and they're going up and the, the camera sort of swirls up out of it. It's, it's really drawing in on this. And when they actually get up the top there, yeah, they go into that room. You know, do you take the red pill or the green pill? Mm. You can imagine Dr. Frankenstein yeah. saying, you know, what is life? It is nothing but a spark in the yeah. flesh. Aha, talking like William Shatner. <laughs> but, and, and then when it's like, you, oh, you want to see the monster? Mm. You want to see what my, my research is? And that's when you go into Frankenstein's laboratory, you know, yeah. where there's, there's lightning outside of the kingdom. And every time it says, and here it is. It's alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's weird machines and zapping. And it's exactly the same setup. He walks in, there's weird machines all about mm. the place, thunder crashing heavy curtains, old, you know, um, I don't know what era sort of furnishes, Queen Anne or yeah, something. it's old. It's old. It's, 
and he sits down there and then uh, Morpheus would say something uh, important and then there'll be a crash of thunder behind him. But it's not like it wasn't really big. Like when I watched this the first time, I didn't, I didn't really pick up on this. It was just kind of, oh, they're, they're in kind of a, uh, uh, I know, a, a, a moody place. Okay, yeah, move a dingy on. Dingy old place, yeah. But of course, that was because when I was first watching it, I didn't. I really want to know. He's going. What is the Matrix? And I'd already been thinking about uh, possibilities of what it could could be, and then it's revealed, mm. and uh, that blew my mind. Of course, I was like, oh, I didn't think the whole thing's a simulation. And then there's like this hovercraft, and they actually had all the special effects for that. Yeah. Because again, in plenty of previous movies and TV shows, they never went there. No. You give you that promise of. Uh, you know, the world might end and, and be overrun by aliens. And, and it, it wouldn't be because it just wouldn't. No. But then this movie went there. It's yeah. a whole simulation, the whole thing, bang, destroyed. But leading up to that, yeah, it was just that Frankenstein's monster and the curiosity and the curiosity leading someone in. And then it's just, you know, um, Alice in Wonderland it's through totally the looking Alice glass. Yeah. Literally, he's looking at a reflection mm. and then he you know gets sucked into it is in the reflection of the looking glass it was just and that special effect reminded me of of uh, lawnmower man yeah lawnmower where yeah. where the, oh, the dude yeah. he has that scream not to mention then uh what was it was it music for the jilted generation album cover and there was alien it was definitely gigaresque yeah. sort of architecture and cables and plugs and all sorts ah oh, that that scene with just uh, so rich and yeah. and uh, meaningful and interesting. Yes, it is. And that's not to say that every other scene in this film was not also my favourite <laughs> scene. But and you have that fantastic like sunglass shot, don't you? With Morpheus, oh, you know, with yes, the pills. Take the blue and pill. Morph- and uh, you, Neo. You return to where double. you wake up in the morning and you go yeah. back to work. <laughs> None of this exists. Or you take the red pill. And see how far this rabbit hole goes, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, he'd already followed the white rabbit, so they were just following, continuing that metaphor. And, and, and but that, that was another beautiful piece of just delicately woven. Yeah, because if you never really thought about it, you didn't get punched in the face with the fact that they're doing the whole Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, but sure enough, follow the white rabbit, and he does. Mm. He gets a bit of a message, and he finally ends up at this point being: Does he want to go down to Wonderland? Mm. Go through the Looking Glass? Or not. And as a narrative, you're exactly boy. As a narrative journey, it's a really funny, obvious. Like, if you take this pill, the story's over. You know, choose your own adventure, isn't it? You know, mm. and then it, I mean, you could have done a, the Matrix Groundhog Day. Like, then he wakes back up again in front of the computer and goes, "Oh, it's a dream." And they go, "Follow the White Rabbit, you stupid." <laughs> We're gonna do this all over again. But uh, he does take it, and it's it's that perfect example of. Uh, you know, talking about writing a film or a novel, you have to have this point to move into a second act that the character, the main character, the protagonist, in this case Neo, has to make a choice to go on that journey. And he's literally given it in this film as two coloured pills. And one means you could just go back, like, you know, you'll forget about it, it's all good, you'll forget about us and move on and we'll forget about you and the end of your protagonist journey or are you the hero and therefore need to go off on, you know, and search for answers. And Morpheus does say some line there like no one can be 
told the matrix you have to experience it for yourself he says yeah. some line like that doesn't he as well and it's like so exactly it, he's on that hero's journey this is the classic hero's journey this film the same as star wars um for luke you know he's on that hero's journey and if he doesn't take that next step then yeah we don't go into act two it's the perfect example of moving on this film that's so right did you have a favorite scene um, I love uh, Hugo weaving, weaving, interrogating Morpheus later in the film. Um, but I mean, there's so many, again, there's so many scenes that are really good, but that <laughs> Morpheus has been uh, taken by the agents. He's tied up. He's at this top of this skyscraper. It's very epic. But the scene and, and Neo in the background is deciding to come and save him, right? So that's just kind of the plot point is what's going on. But he's interrogating him in this room and there's a scene where he he's kind of had enough Agent Smith. And what's so cool about that is really up to now he's been incredibly robotic, programmed, uh, and, he, and he's kind of invincible, right? Like we're given the perception that the agents are invincible. They never We're told they never die. They can transition bodies, you know, whatever, right? And But at this point, in this scene, he's kind of had enough of the games and he takes his earpiece out <laughs> and it's kind of that real, like, bad... Like, this guy has a little bit more to him, doesn't mm. it? And, uh, and I just love that conversation that then he has with Morpheus where he says that he realises that humans are not actually mammals and the reason being is that mammals move into an environment and create a equilibrium in that environment. Whereas as he, in his words, humans don't, they move in and they, oh, what's the word? They, Cons- they, they consume they all consume the resources. They consume all the natural resources the environment has. And then they move on to another space. The on, only way and to then, survive is to move on to another place. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, there's one other creature on this planet that does it, which is a virus. Human being, and he's lying, I think, is something like human beings are the plague. Hey, you're a cancer like, of the earth. You're a cancer. <laughs> and, like, isn't that also, like, I mean, it's an amazing scene. Hugo Weaving's great. And then it kind of leads on and we have the action and the sweating and the and the water. And that's the thing. Morpheus is just sweating. I don't know what they're doing to him. Yeah, and they- You know? And, uh, and there's also, like, it's not part of that scene. It happens a few minutes later when after Trinity and Neo attack and those other agents come in, they go, he took his earpiece out. Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't like, know. He doesn't know. It's like, it's like oh, hello, agents, a That's, little bit of gossip. Yeah, so like right. he's... So I just love that. Like, it's a, such a dynamic. It gives Agent Smith a little bit of extra personality. Uh, it heightens the scene. It also makes you go, again, like when you're deep in the philosophy of this film... When I when I saw that the first time, I'm like, ah, oh, he's kind of right. Like humans suck. We are destroying the planet. Like we do, we, we we are like this. Like you're right. Like the apes and the ants and the fish and everything else. I know they're not mammals, but like they they look out. They don't just kind of destroy everything. They kind of like this natural balance. We we have like we're yeah. So maybe it kind of makes you question who has who are the good guys. If I was, Who, who's the real monster? Who's here? the real monster? Right, yeah. Agent Smith. Yeah. 
No, well, well, and those those questions are, of course, answered somewhat in the the follow up films. Because there's, there's a fourth film coming out. Surely. Yeah, there is. Because even that, because because that kind of connects earlier in the story as well. Like Morpheus telling us that, or it was Morpheus or um, one of the other dudes, but like them telling us that humans bombed the skies to like destroy the solar panels that the AI had. Yeah, yeah, that's all the power. And then, so. but then they they've like they they overpower and then they've used us as batteries, right? Like, and you're like, oh, that's awful. But it's like, yeah, we're the ones that fucked the environment. We're the ones that bombed the sky, like, and that's what humans would do, right? That's what we would do. But um, it is that also that question there they they bring up with Cipher and his betrayal, mm. where he he's sitting there with the steak and he says, yeah. you know, I know this is just yeah, my brain. You're telling me that mm. it's juicy and like, but I can't tell the difference. Yeah, you know, like. And and you've got to think that is one of the questions is, do you really want to be out of the Matrix? Yeah. Like, okay, it's one thing, oh, look at that, the Matrix, oh, it's all fake. But really, as Morpheus is, what is reality yeah. anyway? And that's the question. And, 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 it, and it is the question. It's like what, what you're saying there, Cypher asks, so you can look deep into that and it's like ignorance is bliss. Mm. If you don't know a piece of information... Is that better than knowing that piece of information? There are some things you cannot unknow. That's right. That's uh, and that, um, that's where like people end up in in psychiatric care and yeah. so forth from traumas and mm. PTSD and so forth because they've they've had experiences that they yeah. cannot unexperience, or they have a great deal of difficulty doing so. So yes, yeah, so there's most definitely there is some information that is too much information. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it is that opposite of like, well, education frees humanity and makes us better and all that kind of stuff. Well, the opposite is maybe if you learn too... Like, if you learn too much, are you then crippled by that information? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I have to say so. So are you up to any mischief with your creativity at the moment? Any my, progress going on with that? My mischief, creativity, oh my God. Uh, any zeros well, and ones being added sc- to the computer? Well, you know, school's gone back, yeah. so that Woo-hoo. means it's time to start organizing a writing group yep. and getting some work down that way. Yep. Awesome. Because um, uh, I'm, I'm down here not commuting up to the big smoke every mm-hmm. day. Yep. So now it's time to sort of... Yeah, your you matrix know, has changed heavily. Many people think, oh, there was a glitch. There's a total glitch. COVID. To- total, <laughs> total glitch. And here we are. Uh, uh, but... Science fiction-wise, yeah, no. I watching the show Carnival Row, which is not science fiction, but mm. it took us a while to realize it was Orlando Bloom. Because <laughs> he doesn't look like uh, Orlando Bloom, unless I guess you're a big fan of Orlando Bloom, you know mm. exactly what he looks like. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that. Uh, I am, yeah, I've put together... Oh, oh my, um, my incredible Netflix series that's yes. going to premiere next year. Yeah. It's it got a big step forward there where I was, I was trying to figure out because it goes from the short story mm. and the short story obviously doesn't go into too much. It's a it's short only got story. twenty thousand words, so it's kind of a novella or something a novelette. Yeah. But I was sitting there cracking through some of the characters, and this is where inspiration hits. And I, and I I'm sure you get the same thing. I was sitting there, I had no clue, I had some basic idea of what I wanted, but not really anything that mm-hmm. was interesting. Like, if you asked me what it was about, and now, I went, 
I won't go into it because it's like listening to someone yeah. explain their own dream. It's kind of <laughs> boring as fuck. Yes. But anyway, yeah, this it just struck me, and I just started writing. And I, I've I've written up this this bit, and I'm going, okay, that is, that's gold. That mm. is something there, right there, really interesting. Yep. Uh, it's, and and it's um, we've spoken a bit about going through to try and find what your creative spark is or what these yeah. things is and one of mine is that redemption story yeah but this the other one here is is the one where there's um multiple layers and the matrix is just like that so there's on the surface there's the basic struggle of these three characters to achieve their basic goals yeah uh but then underneath that there's kind of this um let's call it a a uh a mythology which mm. informs the construction of those stories yep and then there's offshoots of that which is just mystery mm-hmm. and they'll never be explained yep and so yeah that's the sort of thing and, and i was just writing that down so i'm awesome. very, i'm very excited by that yeah, little yeah, breakthrough cool. got that um got the, the the basic mythos which just i really like it's got enough unexplained enough world in there but enough unexplained that uh yeah there's there's this concept in there called the crash which happened earlier i'm not going to explain it that's it's unimportant as to exactly what it was some sort of apocalypse maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was actually just a, like literally just like a stock market crash mm-hmm. or maybe it was something like the twin towers you know like like literally there's an important busload of delegates that crashed it who knows but it's just this thing called the crash after which things changed mm-hmm. and uh, you know that sort of that's that sort of mystery in the background, which is never going to have a definitive answer. Like I don't even necessarily, I don't even really know what it is. I don't want to work out. Yeah, yeah. All it's, the physics of your world building. It's it's stuff. unimportant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know what's the big bang? Oh well, we could start going to sort of yeah. all sorts of things, but it's you know, what was before the big bang? Ah, uh, yeah. uh, who knows? Goodness me. Same thing. The crash is just my world's big bang. Yeah, and it's. Something that changed society. It's, it's something that changed the world into what it is yeah. then. Yeah. Cool. So there we go. That that was that was great. And I, I nearly forgot I did that. I was on the awesome. train. Uh, not last week because we were in lockdown. 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 The Reaper virus was spreading too fast. <laughs> and they locked big fences. No. It does really. It, I had I, to wear my master bunnings is what it meant. I had to really think about Doomsday, you know, like it, it, again, like that we went into such a Oh, and the power quick... outage. Yeah, I know. It happened yeah. on the same night, the same time. We basically, lockdown began here at 6 p.m. on a Sunday and where we live, uh, we don't live in the same dungeon, Surrey and I, but separate dungeons. Uh, um, yeah, we both had blackouts. We're middle class trolls. We have <laughs> separate dungeons. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it was freaky. Yeah, but, it, it happened at the exact same time. It was, it was a blackout there. And I know we, we were still sitting there going, uh, lucky oh. it was summertime and there was still light outside. Do you know the weirdest like, thing is my oldest son, he said over dinner, which was, you know, at like five o'clock, he's like, oh, d- will they turn off the lights? And I'm like, no, they won't turn off the lights. And then when it happened, I'm like, you caused this. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I said, they won't do that because that causes like mass panic. Like, in fact, like that's why it's like proven you turn off the lights you know, you, you cause people to start to freak out a bit. And it's like the lights went out at five past six. I'm like, oh, this is one way to really cause the lockdown. Just turn out the power and watch everyone go feral on each yeah, other. Yeah, I, I never found so, out what had happened. Uh, no, but it didn't like it didn't end up actually being out for that long. An hour and a half, um, I think, before yeah. it even got properly dark. Yeah, 
Yeah, it wasn't even that so bad. So that was nice because we were all sort of going, oh, we, we don't have any lighting. Mm. We've got our phones, that's it. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I quickly, you know, you do that. Because it was still light, I was like, oh, I'll quickly in the garage, I've got a rechargeable torch thing. So mm. I was like, oh, is it charged? That's the thing. You know, so it was like, go out there. And it did have a bit of that. We've got our phones and we have a couple of candles somewhere. So in the dungeon. Um, I myself are busy, like you, writing, writing, writing. Uh, COVID lockdown, I want to make a, my next short film in April this year, like as in shooting in, a, in sometime in April. Uh, and it's like, I was literally going to speak to my cinematographer again, the same guy that did my last film last week. I was like literally going to go, okay, let's go have coffee. And it's like COVID happened like, oh, we're not going to be able to do this again. So I've actually kind of this sort of coming into this week decided my plan was to really polish up. I've got these three different short scripts and I just, so I'm spending this week and next week with my spare time. I, I want to have them polished, you know, so right. that therefore if, if it looks promising that we're coming out of COVID and everything sort of is okay, then I will shoot one of them. If not, stick with the writing because you can control the writing. That's the thing. Yes, you yeah. can always write more. Yeah, you know, and you and I couldn't record last week so we could do that. So that's one thing. I'm also working on uh, my feature. That's not science fiction at all. That's going to be horror, um, uh, a crocodile horror story. So the plan will be to write that over this 12 months, you know, over this year. Um, Everyone does like a uh, big monster eating people. Yeah, right? yeah. It's something that's been bouncing around for a little while in the back of my head. So it's good. I've, I've, I think I've shared with you previously that pinboard idea. So kind of each day I'm sort of oh, yeah. pinning another card. So I know I know about the 40 beats and, and things like that. I, ha I haven't quite got to that point, but I'm just at this point, like each day I'm like, oh, and the character should do this. And oh, why would they do that and you know like just sort of answering little questions sort of thing so stuff that as you know that might not actually even end up in the final script but just that you as the god seeing power over your story knows exactly what everyone is doing at all times you know so and even like i've pinned up some things about crocodiles and stuff like that so yeah a couple of little cool things bumping along oh that is awesome yeah and we're, we've almost finished our rebranding exercise. We have, yeah. Which is, so. Or maybe just a branding exercise. <laughs> yeah, So we, we never really did one. Because we're, we're going to be launching all sorts of exciting stuff in this coming year. Yeah, yeah. And we need to be consistent in our message. Yeah, so Space Frames will kind of have a bit of an image rebrand. I think it is a rebranding. Yeah, it's, it's, right it's a rebrand. It's a rebrand. Yeah, new colors, new, new look to the logo. Um, new access points online probably, and then leading into some other exciting things that Space Brazen wants to do. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's get into the narrative, the story of The Matrix. We've touched on our favourite scenes or a couple of important parts. I think it's hard to actually say one piece. One thing I want to say, which we've already talked, upon, talked about a little bit, Sari's mentioned like bullet time. We've talked about animation or anime style. Um, the other thing is this film is very, very cinematically styled. And by that, I mean like rule of thirds to the T. So dividing up your shot mm. into three, shooting your eyeball right on that cross point of the rule of thirds, whether that's Trinity, whether that's Neo, whether it's Agent Smith or whether it's the Matrix itself, everything was shot very, very cinematically, beautifully shot. Those shots of Sydney, you know, they really cleverly, you and I, and I think Australians, we could recognise, oh, there's the Commonwealth Bank building. No, you, you saw the, <laughs> the logo. logo yeah, you saw yeah. some logos. 
Um, but even though it's Sydney, there's no Harbour Bridge, there's no Opera House because no. it's not supposed to be Sydney. It's just supposed to be a city. I, I don't think it's mentioned what no, city No, it's not it is, supposed man. to be. It's just a city, isn't it, right? Yeah. Like, so in 1990. So, um, and in fact, like you were describing that building, the there's parts of the city in this, and, and there's a bit of a like green tinge to the whole there, matrix. This, this is like, one a bit of, those of a grimy, things, slimy uh, part that you don't pick up the first time if you've seen this film only once you need to go back and notice the coloring inside the matrix yeah. and i don't mean the whole film i mean when the program is running everything's a bit grainy I, and grimy i wanted to bring that up because that was the uh wizard of oz yeah the first time i've seen this effect used is Wizard of Oz yep. back when I was... Which is another film that's very similar to this. Way, oh, way back. But, you know, it's black and white in Kansas. Yeah. it's And I remember as a kid watching it, oh, it's a black and white film. Mm. Yeah. And then she gets to Oz and it's colour, but it's, it's brilliant, bright yellows and things. Yeah, it's saturated. And this is the same thing as in, in The Matrix. It's all a bit green and amber, mm. which is representative of that computer yeah. sort of screen like it's the very starts up with neo waking up yeah and the green text comes up you know wake up neo yeah and yeah there is this greeny grimy look to but it. but then yeah. when he gets into the real world yeah you get more natural colors natural, skin tones yeah. uh yeah pinker uh and there's this sort of blues and blacks and mm. and mouse's little mouse's little simulation with the woman in the red dress yeah, is is very artificially bright, even though they're kind of outside in a city street. Yes, so it's that's a different look than the Matrix look, which is interesting. Again, yes, you, you don't it notice doesn't have the green tinge. It doesn't have yes. the green. Tinge I know, and yeah. that's what I loved about watching this through the eyes of a space brain. Yeah, was picking up on things like the Frankenstein. There's a few others which I'll go into yeah. here, but yeah, the the Kansas to the Oz transitions yeah, is wonderful. And we do have that bullet time effect happen a few times, so we'll make note of that as we go. So, at the start, we have this abandoned hotel within a major city, grimy, gritty again. (laughs) We have this woman that we don't know who she is, and it is Trinity, that we'll learn that later. She's cornered by a police squad, which is interesting. And they're kind of old-fashioned police, you notice that? Yeah, it gave me the feeling of the, well, 1990, it was the 80s feel to it. Yeah, like it feel, had the that. cop cars and the uniforms and all that. Um, uh, rock up. And I think there's a joke in there about one woman. Yeah, well, the agents turn up and say, you know, your instructions were very precise. <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about one woman. Sorry, that's not your... how I spoke at all. Your just, officers are already dead. Yeah, there was, <laughs> it was for your protection. <laughs> I keep telling like William Jack. Yeah. Um, and so she has a bit of a fight with him, doesn't she? Well, the interesting thing here when I was watching the very first time, it was not clear necessarily who the good guys no, were and who the bad no guys idea. were. When the agents arrived, you knew they weren't the good guys. Yeah. They were far too stiff... They had the, the classic federal, you know, mean federal. Well, they're, and, and they're, they're very um, paisley white, aren't they? And mm. they're wearing gla- sunglasses, even though it's nighttime. Yeah. Uh, but they're very white and they're wearing these like men in black suits kind of idea again. 
And you're right, it looks like they're FBI agents or CIA but, agents. But it wasn't something. clear if this woman was a bad guy, like a yeah. terrorist. No. Or she was a good guy. But then, oddly enough, as soon as the fight starts, where she spins around, kick, 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 yeah. and then leaps up into the, the, the first bull time, and that, I just about shat my pants when I saw it the first time in the cinema. Yeah. It's like, holy cow, that is the coolest thing. It is ever to see in the cinema like and the whole yeah. cinema had the same response of like yeah. oh my there god because it, it like rotated around and she was just frozen, frozen and then and suddenly kicked and like yeah. and then you went no she's a good guy yeah just, no bad guy could be that cool at the start of a film <laughs> the bad guy can do something cool but only later on like at the at the twist at the end of the plot you know where suddenly the bad guy reveals his true form that's right but at the start only good guys can be that cool yeah Anyway, so she takes off knowing that the agents are chasing her and they have this kind of epic over-the-top of factory kind yeah, of buildings. and again, this is and one of again, those first watching it because yeah. the, the marketing for this did not at all tell you what The Matrix was. No. In fact, the whole marketing ploy was... What no is one, The Matrix? Yeah, no one can tell you what yeah. The Matrix is. What is The Matrix? What is The Matrix? And so as a result, you're seeing this woman, she's clearly running faster better stronger like she's not huffing and puffing but she's just no. absolutely pounding along yeah. going up and down these these wonky you know factory roofs factory things. roofs yeah. and the agents likewise and the police were you know scampering and sort of tripping and yeah. uh, you know huffing and heaving and then she leaps over the building and then leaps over another building and the cops barely make it across yeah. and then she goes across a big building and the agent follows across yeah. and the cops stop and go holy crap and in my head I'm going I'm trying to figure out what the Matrix is. Yeah, I'm yeah. going, is the Matrix like uh, a, a team of people? Yeah, yeah. That's like, right. are those agents called the Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> are they like a, a, some conspiracy or something? Yeah. Like, I was, you're desperately trying to figure out, and what is she, a robot or yeah. is she a superhero? It's like, it doesn't look like a superhero film. No, no. Uh, although, of course, there were a couple of superhero films that came after this, which did look like this. Yes. But anyway, and then she leaps through the window, smashes down, rolls down, pulls the guns out. Couple of breaths and says, okay, get up, Trinity. Mm. Get up. That's a great line. Which, again, you know, she must be a good guy. Yeah. Because a bad guy would never be so human. No. And then she gets up and she runs on down to the street and. Does she telephone t- box? Yeah, she sees a telephone box and it's ringing. Yeah. And the dump truck <laughs> screeches up. <laughs> it's so vroom, good, that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they both charge, like the, 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 the dump truck is going to smash it. And she's running for the phone box and I was just looking at it going, what, like. This doesn't make sense to me. No. My first, I, I just, she I wish, the phone. I wish I could go back and watch this for the yeah. first time again. I know, I know. And I, if, when I told people to go back and watch this, if that was the first time you watched it, yeah. Oh, I envy you so much yes, because you, you would have been going, "What the hell is she doing?" Well, maybe it wouldn't be so much now because nowadays maybe you're thinking, "Oh, she'll do some sort of leaping, spinning thing, grab the phone on the way yeah. through, and like you know something outrageous." But you only think that because of the Matrix. Yes, that's right. Did that. But no, she jumps in there and picks up the phone and looks and puts her hands up on the glass yeah. as the truck, truck comes up and then smashes it just into smashes the phone through. And, and a, it's Agent Smith that gets out. Yeah, right? Agent yeah. Smith gets out and Which is know, also dusts off his yeah. thing and, and flicks his lapels. Uh, it's just too cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, again, I remember going, thinking to myself, so what the hell just happened? Mm. Because... She, her body wasn't there and he, he looks and he's disappointed at the wreckage yeah, yeah. and moves yeah. off and I'm like, just what? I know, there's a lot of what's. I, I was going, ah, oh, this is, 
can she travel through the phone lines? Yeah. Like, because she's a hacker. Yeah, I was going, I nanobots i don't know i was yeah. really reaching for stuff i here. know i i just think that it was so fast paced and that that you were kind of picking up okay she's some sort of superhuman super strength these agents are the same so they're all they're like you're sort of thinking oh i think i had some sort of thought that they're probably all the same breed of people yeah you know maybe I mean? she they're, escaped from yeah, them she's like a they rebel. Had some sort of training because you've seen that sort of story before you know she's got the special training or whatever um but you had no idea and then you would just it's a great opening of a film because you just don't really know where it's going, right? No, and later on, of course, it all makes perfect sense. It Watch does. It. So then we are awoken to Thomas Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Uh, and he's asleep at his computer, which again is like one of these ancient uh, 1980s something like that to turn it on um before windows 95 there was another noise ding, 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 ding. Um, and it's a green screen it's got he's asleep in front of it um and it's a green screen it's the old searching. dos mode and yeah well sorry yeah it's a green screen that's kind of loading which kids these days don't even understand either but it's like loading up and there's a picture of morpheus and terrorist uh attack or something mm. or looking for international terrorists um, sort of some newspaper articles flashing over. Um, and th- that all suddenly stops and the screen says, wake up, Neo. And he does. Yes. Which is quite interesting if you're watching it for a second time, I've got to say. Because you're like, ah, oh, wake up, Neo. And he just instantly wakes up. Says a lot, sorry. Um, anyway, and he reads the screen a bit puzzled and it says to him... Um, what is the Matrix? Which we're all like, yeah, that's what we saw the ads. You yeah. know, we understand how you feel. Tell us what the name Matrix is. But they're not going to tell us. Mm. And um, he's like, what? And he controls, does he do? Control, control X. X <laughs> does nothing. <laughs> Big time hacker. Can't even get his computer working properly. Uh, and then it says to him to follow the white rabbit. Yeah, if, if you want to learn yeah, more, more, follow the white, follow rabbit. the white rabbit. That's right. What? Whoa. Which is a good, <laughs> whoa, dude. <laughs> Just because of Bill and Ted, eh? Um, anyway, and then, and, then they, and then it's like, knock, knock, Neo. And then there's a knock. And then his computer screen is like, it's totally off. Yeah. Which, in the 90s, this, this effect had been used a bit more forward. Like, even somewhere like Nightmare on Elm Street, people waking up from a dream... And then it's just like, it's not anything like the yeah, dream. The, the TV's so off. The TV's off. The, t- the TV was talking. Someone was talking to them through the TV, but now the TV's just off. So you're like, oh, they must have been dreaming. And that's what he thinks. Uh, uh, this guy is uh, at the front door looking for some hacking code, um, some sort of deal that he had with Neo. He uh, gives him 2000 bucks. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good deal, I thought, as well. 1990s, 2000 bucks, US. Even though Back then, Sydney. you could buy a four-bedroom house on the beach on Sydney Cove. This guy warns him, uh, Neo warns him that if he's found with this stuff, you know, it's on him, and he's he's not in approval of that. But then he starts to say, oh, you're looking a bit white, or whiter than normal. And um, he Yeah, goes, my computer was doing something strange. Whoa. <laughs> or is that, no, he says a great line, doesn't he, which is, have you, do you ever have the feeling that you're... Uh, awake, but you're asleep. Yes. Or was it the other way around? Yeah, you're you're awake, but you're still dreaming. Yeah. Well, oh. you're still dreaming, but you're awake. Yes. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. And he says, and then he starts talking about, well, yeah, there's a drug that 
I'm on it all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. It says, you just need to lay back a bit. How about you come with us down? And, and the woman sort of hugs that guy and goes, yeah, and, and her shoulder turns. worth it. Make it worth your, worth your and time. And he sees the white rabbit tat. Yeah. So He's he goes, like, sure, dude. Yeah, 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 I will. Yeah, man, I will go. Let's go. And I mean, there's a great jump Excellent. cut. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. And he's so mellow. They're also that scene's so mellow. It's just a bit weird. But there's a great like jump cut to some Rob Zombie. Rob Sorry. Zombie. And this again is a and scene like that has been used goth. since. Back, of course. Again, so you look at uh, Underworld. Yeah. Which came out after this. Yeah. It's the exact same as has been used in Underworld and oh, countless movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. The major, this was probably one of the first times that you were suddenly introduced to this, you know, hard lights and dark shadows and this Rob Zombie Dragula was Sound playing, track, which yeah. was a new style of metal music metal. at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which I remember very much excited me. Yeah. And yeah, going in this club and he's, he's, just, he's not really doing much. He's just kind of standing there as you do. And then... We see the back shot of the back shoulders and, and hair of... Hello, Neo. How do you know that name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keanu, we love you. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's coming on the show next week. Oh, he is? Yeah. No, he's right here now. <laughs> <laughs> he's just oh, waiting to know. Oh, my goodness me. So Trinity's there and Trinity's she there. reveals that she is... Trinity, and yes. uh, that's another hacker. And he says, oh, you did the, the, the defense department yeah. or something. And like he that. also says, I thought you were a guy. And she's like, everyone thinks that. Most guys think, yeah. think that, yeah. Um, which is a nice little touch. And then she says, Morpheus, she says, Mor- Morpheus is the person that he is seeking for the, for the answers. Oh, hey, oh, that Trinity Morpheus. statement. I'm just, I just had, a, had an amazing thought. Wachowski brothers... I thought you were a guy. Mm. Most guys think that. Yeah. How, oh, was this was this pre foreshadowing? Maybe. Was this like a little quiet note saying, "Hey, yeah, with gender imbalance." We're actually we're actually coming. Yeah, we're not. Maybe brothers. we're not Maybe. the Wachowski brothers. Mm. We well, look at. A lot of people think we are, but okay. It's, well, when the Wachowskis you know, join us uh, in time. I will ask them if, in fact, that line by Trinity was like a little subtle foreshadowing of their own... Yeah, well, maybe they can clear that up for us. Coming, you know, um, revelations. Yes. In future episodes, Space oh, Wayne. I just, got, I just got to... I'm, okay, I'm going to just say, hot take, that's exactly what that was. Okay. They were, they were already writing into their films little hints about their own social and, and personal situations. Of course, that's situations. what all writers do. I mean, I've read yeah. your stories. They reveal all sorts of things about your imbalances in your life yes most about my anger at train systems (laughs) so neo a a team of uh does it go to neon's neo's workplace next doesn't it the next day yeah he's getting chewed out by his boss that's right oh that's Uh, right the the alarm goes well the alarm goes (laughs) off and he wakes up that's right he wakes up 9 18 or whatever so it's like he runs in late to his office that's right yeah and his boss his boss talks to him like Mr. Smith. Yeah, he does. You don't realise it, of course. And there's because... the window cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is, if, if that is not taken directly from uh, what... Who does that? Like those really irritating... Uh, I, can't, I can't bring it to mind now, but it, it reminded me of some other films I've, I've seen with that same sort of... Something really well, so... super mundane going yeah. on. 
Like, yeah, like a window cleaning, which you normally wouldn't bother including in no. a scene like this because the importance is, you know, the, the tension, the drama between, yeah, the, between the, the boss and, and the, the, yeah, the character. character. But in reality, it shows Neo's detachment from mm. the situation because yeah. he, he's just like hearing the squeaking of the window washer. Mm. While the boss tells him off. And the boss is talking like Neo and he uses that line, it's like, you wander through life thinking you're some kind of unique s- snowflake. Yeah. In reality, you're very wrong or something yeah. like that. I can't remember what he exactly said. It was really yeah. cool and terrible thing to say to a person. <laughs> but, but the whole point is don't listen to the boss, right? Because the window is like... Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, like be, it's, nothing, it's nothing really in the grand scheme. And, he's, and he's, so Nia's given a choice, which is the, the red, red, blue, red pill, blue pill foreshadowing here yeah. of you either come in here and, and turn up to work yeah, and keep time. a job or you have an adventure, Yeah, shall we say. So he goes, I'll take the job. So he, yes. defer- he, he says no to the adventure. No to the adventure. And he goes back to his depressing little 1990s cubicle. Yeah, do, do people actually work in those? Cause, <laughs> yeah, people do. People do. Because I, I, I have a feeling... I've heard a lot of Americans talk about cube farms, and so yeah. I've never experienced such a thing. We have one where I work, but it's much more open compared to say something that's neo like this. But I think a lot but of I've seen it because there's that movie Office Space. Yeah, and, they do it. And yeah. a lot of American films, I think their open plan offices are ah, these little these little cube farms, as it were, which yeah. are terribly depressing. Yeah. Anyway, he gets a delivery uh, and he opens it FedEx, up. FedEx. FedEx. And uh, not Amazon. Now it's the Amazon. Whoosh, Flip phones. Yeah, he gets a phone and he, he thrusts it out. Because it goes, starts ringing, right? And he goes, flick. Yeah. Uh, it's just so cool. That was, I just, again, almost wet my pants watching that the first time. It's like, <laughs> just that is the coolest phone in the universe. And it's Morpheus. And Morpheus just straight away, no, like, hey, sorry. Hey, Mor- hey, Neo, how's it going, bro? It's Morpheus. He's just like, if you want to survive, you'll need to listen to my instructions. They have found you. They have found you. There is agents in the building right now. And he's like, wow, dude. There is, there is no time. <laughs> and he stands up and the agent's over there. And it's great, isn't it? Great timing because there's like one of Paul Neo's colleagues like, yeah, he's over there. Yeah. <laughs> and just points. And I want to be that extra the three, in that The movie. three like, agents look all look, at the same time. Look, and he, so he ducks down ducks. and he does the, he's doing the crawling around. Um, he does his like, little bandy-legged waddle yeah. thing. And it's, it's kind of um, totally fine, but in hindsight, you realise how Morpheus does this. But Morpheus is like, okay, go left, jump in that cubicle. Okay, now I'm going to pause the session here for a moment. Can you tell me what computer-related thing this is an homage to? Oh, Pac-Man. Pac-Man, exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't catch it the first couple of times I watched yeah, it, but yeah. I was watching this time and I just went, totally. holy crap, because you even see the... The agents move in that robotic, and they start going out, and yeah, and there's someone's giving them the instructions. Now go left, go right, go forward, turn right. I know I didn't see it the first few times, but this time, and I'm glad that you you got as well. But yes, Pac-Man, he's being guided to safety, and it's another good sort of like debate, isn't it? Because he gets to the point where then he has to climb out the window. Yes, so he's in this skyscraper. He climbs out the window. Starts walking along. Morpheus tells him, "Go, you know, along the edge. Trust me." And he's trusting There's him. There's only two ways out of this building. Yeah, in their custody, or up that. What is it called? Uh, oh, up the window cleaner thing. The scaffold. Right? The scaffold. Yes. Thing. Yeah. So he has to go along this edge, and there's a great moment because then he's got the phone, and uh, Morpheus basically. Is 
given him that challenge and he's gone into the edge and there's just such a shonky piece of metal isn't there? Yeah. Like, like a, I mean, that would not be on a skyscraper, would it? But it's so great for movie making, but it's like, he grabs his, it's it, just wobbly it, as anything. Well, it cuts the ledge. So yeah. he's got to, he would have to actually step around step it. So around this is, it, yeah. this is the, that moment he yeah. has to make that choice. He'd have to step, this is his first obstacle he's yeah. reached. And he drops the, he tries and he drops the phone. Drops the phone and that, and that and just, just falls. Gave me vertigo watching it down. Yeah. Like, yeah. And falls, it falls to its, technological death and it's great because i think as an audience you're thinking oh he'll get around this but no he surrenders no well, so i don't, actually I don't blame him because he's never he's not proved himself so no, far to be particularly but he's heroic. just failed himself now yes um so he's captured by the agents and he's escorted out of the building into a their you know <laughs> black car <laughs> not police car um and there's a great reflection shot trinity's watching him be yep. arrested through on a cool the mirror motorbike. on an awesome motorbike yeah and then um, this is where we get the first kind of Hugo Weaving, Agent Smith, real kind of happening, don't we? Yeah, so he's you know? looking through his... Mr. Anderson. <laughs> and, he, and it's great because he's Let like... Let me he's be like, frank about the situation. And he, and he describes the character. Like he says, well, it seems that we have Mr. Anderson, a qualified banker or something i don't know what he actually says but he's like he's got a day job and an apartment building and pays his taxes pays his taxes they say that a couple of times in this they mentioned pays your taxes (laughs) and he closes that folder and he goes but then we also have neo and he opens up that file like nice and slowly on the desk international hacker Could go crimes against humanity, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Countless crimes. Countless. Yeah, like <laughs> one of these people has a future. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, he's giving him a decision, right? And he's like, gives, flips him the bird. Yeah, he says, well, dude, yeah, I've got... Dude. <laughs> I, this funny thing, I want my phone call. Like, there's no rule that says you get a phone call. No. Like, what? Says who? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, in the States, the rule is that you can... Ask for a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, and one will be provided if you don't have your own. That kind of might be considered a phone call, but they won't give you a phone call if they think that giving a phone call would be dangerous, for example. Yeah. Like, what What if you had, like, a well, bomb yeah, at the end then, of the phone? You know, like, you, yeah, you, no. oh, let me just go detonate that bomb now. Like, he, says, he says something like, screw you, I want my phone call. And yes. then he says, What's, what good... Now, tell me this, Mr. Anderson... What good is a phone call when you cannot speak? And that is a creepy ass line, isn't it? I know. It? Again, and then like, and as an audience, you're like, yeah, like, what, so what's and, he going to do? Well, like, he's, he sort of looks around at the yeah, like the other, other two guys, guys like he's going to be bashed. Yeah, but no, his, no, mouth, his mouth starts, starts closing, closing over. And again, I'm sitting there as a first time watching. Yeah, going, what the hell? What, how are, what they doing are these? What yeah. is going on? Is this? <laughs> I was so damn, you know, because they did the whole Men in Black thing, I'm going, okay, there's got to be aliens. Yeah. And I think, I think I'd think i watched Dark City just around about the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that came out pretty similar, uh, didn't but, it? Yeah, this is, and this is an interesting homage to uh, Harlan Ellison's I Have No Mouth But I Must Scream, mm. which if I might... I, I might just give you just a really super quick plot point. I think it's going to have to be super quick. It's, oh, it's going to be. You don't... We don't have to worry about it. So it's basically, it's set in a, a post-apocalyptic future 
after these three superpowers, you know, Russia, US and China, have developed artificial intelligences to fight their wars, but the artificial intelligence merge together mm. and destroy the humans. Right. And the story is set with these small group of humans being tortured and chased by the robots, by right. the artificial intelligence. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the whole the whole world is just like a, a, an Arctic wasteland. Uh, and it's, so it goes on. It's very similar in style and theme and idea mm. as The Matrix. Yeah. So when I, like... As I said, as an older, more educated person watching this and his mouth closes up and he has that trying to scream, but he can't because he has no mouth. Mm. I immediately just went, okay, now this is just... Well, I think the Wachowskis were indicating, they're saying, look, if you've read the story, I have no mouth and I must scream, you're going to recognize something that's coming up. Yeah, yeah. You know, artificial intelligence taking over the world and, you know, captured humans, you know. Mm. Humans are a plaything, if you like. and But we're just going to let you now know, we know that we did this on purpose. This yeah. was not us take, ripping anyone off. Yeah, yeah, so I think that was very cool. Yeah, it's a good homage, good connection, right? Yeah. What year was that story? What year did that, oh, that story go? Ah, right, yeah. yeah so it's a bit of an old school. That's old. Yeah, yeah. 67. Yeah, right. Yeah, and even and even the, the, the picture has a dude with like Neo's sort of smooth mouth. Yeah. Going on. That's cool. So, and then from there, they kind of pin him up against the wall and they put this little electronic bug, bug which when they turn on, I mean, it's very sort of uh, fixed, obviously, like wires and that. When they turn it on, it kind of comes alive, doesn't yeah. it? Um, when, when it's like pulled out, it looks like one of those things that alien abductees reckon they yeah. implanted with. Yeah. yeah, and it goes, climbs, gets legs out and it kind of goes into his belly button, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yep. Um, he wakes up, uh, um, yeah, he wakes up in his bed, doesn't he? And he kind of grabs his mouth and he's, oh, you know, he's He's okay. And he, you know, and the way they've done that sort of jump cut is it kind of looks a bit like maybe it was a dream again, a nightmare. You're not, as an audience, we're not too sure what's real and what's not. And maybe that's what they're nodding towards as well. Um, yeah, walking down again, another wet, rainy street. You know, things aren't, things are pretty gloomy and doomy. Um, this old car follows him and pulls up beside him and it's Trinity and the gang. Yeah, we got a couple of new people we haven't yeah. seen. And they say to hop in um, because he's being tracked and they drive off and Trinity starts talking to him and saying, well, you've got to get this tracker out of you um, because they've bugged take, you. Take your shirt off. Take your shirt off. No way. No way, dude. And, um, and then that sh- cool old, um, what's her name? Switch? Switch, yeah. Gun to his head. Yeah. Car screeches to a stop, open the door. You know. And it's again, it's out. another choice, isn't yeah. it? No, because he doesn't just get out. There's a street with rain and he goes like, I think Trinity and says. Well, no, well, first of all, Switch says, get out. It's my way or the highway. Yeah. And then and, she says. And Trinity cuts in to sort of smooth it. things yeah. a little bit. And that's where she says. You know what's down the end of that yeah, street. Yeah. What's at the end of that road. Yeah. And you don't want to be there. It's yeah. uncool. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Paraphrasing. But then, and then and she's like, you can stay with us and trust us, you know. And so then, and then he closes the door. So again, he's choosing, choosing to go on this path. He's, he's a very And she brings out cat. the Dyson and just sticks it on his stomach. Oh, isn't turns it, it on. Wacky 
and it starts like an ultrasound thing and then and the, and switch and they go you're not gonna get it yeah, it's, it's moving <laughs> it's, it's moving. moving too fast she's like trust me i'll get it and he's like it's real oh my god <laughs> exactly. i haven't even been smoking dope and it's real this thing is whoa dude what who did this to me yeah they sucked the little bug out of his and they guts. suck the little yeah and they throw it down the street as soon as it goes down the street it dies that's a great thing isn't it like the red light turns off mm. i like that and then so, it's yeah. just an ordinary looking little bit of like bit of metal yeah um and they take him to meet morpheus which was that scene you were saying the red pill and the blue pill so this old frankenstein tower raining gloomy lightning flashing uh giving this character a choice between two worlds you can reset yourself uh, you'll wake up in the morning you're good uh, you you were talking about those homages is very much like that's the thing for me. It was like, how much is it like Wizard of Oz? Mm. You're not in Kansas anymore, you know, or or Alice tumbling down, which they literally say. They literally say, oh, it's like Alice tumbling down. Yeah, take the red pill and you know go down further down the hole, see how far this hole goes. Yeah, there's a beautiful reflection shot. Um, through Morpheus's glasses of, you know, and there's two, this is the thing, there's two Neos in the glasses. Yes. So again, it's the two characters. There's two, you could be either one of these characters. And this is a very anime manga thing, these reflections off glasses yep. to see what the yeah, other character's the, doing. Yeah, weird little camera angles, right? Like yeah. abstract camera. Yeah. So he does, he swallows the red pill. Thank God we've got a bit more movie to go. Uh, and his reality falls apart. He gets this kind of freeze up his arm, metal freeze goes up into his gullet, uh, and there's a great distortion as we go down his throat. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's electronic. It's not. It's it's natural. It's weird. Um, and then he wakes up in this kind of red tubular thing, which he bursts forth from. Uh, it opens, it flushes the fluid away. And I think straight um, up, because it's it's red, red and green are uh, chromatic opposites or complements. Or, mm. So if you're talking about red light and green light, if you filter out red light, then you get green light. If you filter out green light, you get red light. Like there, yeah. um, you, you don't get red and green light. So it's interesting that the matrix is all green yeah. tinged, the whole thing. And the first thing he does, he wakes up in this red, red. tinge with yeah. a... Uh, you know, heavy black outlines and sharp white reflections. Yeah, definitely. No green anywhere to be seen. Mm. And he, he looks different. He's got a shaved head. He's got these tubes sticking into him everywhere. And he's got um, a pruny from his bar. He's, yeah, he's all pruny. Um, and he's all, he's like covered in sort of this, you know, fluid stuff. Uh, and then this weird, you know, spider-like, kind of robotic thing kind of comes hovering down right in front of him lots of eyes takes him in i think we get a point of view shot don't we of him uh kind of like through the the, mm. the robotic eyes um and there's a, there's a decision that he's obviously malfunctioned yeah and so he's unplugged and flushed down the toilet and it's very much like a toilet <laughs> it's very it? much like a toilet isn't it so these things pop off him and he he's in a bit of pain from that and then he's flushed down this toilet and it's kind of like a long water slide. Um, quite traumatic for him. Uh, Again, so very, very giga, very uh, birthing. Yeah, or birthing, yeah. Pooing or, yeah, you know, pooing. Like it's, it's, it looks like an organic thing. He's going down, you know, there's all... Yeah, very much like a baby goop. being born. And he's he's lands in this big pile of sewage and wastage and whatever else. 
Um, and then with that, this this to me seems very birthed in is that this hand, this big electronic uh, robotic arm grabs it. I get the feeling of those them up. claw games, you know? Yeah. The claw, it yeah, chooses. It is like the claw, yeah. Yeah, this bright um, light, it's alien um, abduction. Abduction, yeah. You can imagine people, the reality was people got flushed, picked up, and then returned or something. Yeah. And it was very much like, because we had the shot from underneath, he's naked, being pulled towards this spaceship thing. Yeah. Uh, really bright light. And then he's and he's being lifted. So it's like transcendence as well, yeah. isn't it? Like he's, he's being pulled into another world, like heavenly or whatever. So again, that spiritual religious theme coming out here, I reckon. Um, great shot as well. Really cool shot. Low mm. looking up. I think some people out there probably get excited. Just saw a bit of Kanar Reeves naked. Yeah. On the other hand though, Pretty pruny at this point. He's been in the bathtub for a little bit too long. Let's just say it's cold in there. It's really cold. (laughs) Um, So, and he's brought above Morpheus's flying ship, the... Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, which means what, sorry? Uh, It's religious. It's from the Bible. I thought there was a King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, isn't there? It's something to do with religion. I've never Googled it, but I, I know it is... Religious, so I'm pretty sure it's from the Bible or something. So as Neo oh, sort of recuperates from a lifetime of this, you know, weirdness of being in this bubble bath, <laughs> you know, plugged <laughs> into the Matrix. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit, he's a bit stuck that way. Um, he starts to learn the truth from the people around him. Um, aboard this ship, there is a bunch of them. Do you know all their names? Trinity, Switch, Tank, Tank Dozer, Dozer, Cypher, Cypher Morpheus, Apoc. Mouse, and Apoc. And Apoc. Yeah, there we go. Um, and they all, and two of them are natural born, which means they were born in the underbelly of Earth, weren't they? Yes, they do not have any of their little plugs to be plugs. plugged into yeah. or plugged out of. Yes. Um, and that interesting. And what's that place called? Um, Zion. Zion. That's it. Zion. Which is oh, typical of those damn Jews. <laughs> Everything comes back to that. Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon. That... Oh, I can't be bothered going yeah. on with that. Yes, Zion. But yeah, Zion was a, a meeting place. Yeah. It was a, the mount uh, which was very important to... Um, you, am I going to make it without... Looking up, and I'm using my dusty old because I went to a religious school when mm. I'm going to up. Yeah, me too. I'm going to try and conjure forth some knowledge about Zion. I think it is where Moses led his people to, mm. from which he got the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Now mm. I'm going to try and back that up with a quick Google. <laughs> Anyway, he learns that some of this stuff we've talked about before, that basically at some point in the early 21st century, there was a war between humans and these intelligent machines. Um, Humans blocked out the machine's access to solar panels by or solar energy by nuclear bombing the sky because they thought that that would stop the machines, but it didn't. And then the humans turned on humans, sorry, the machines turned on the humans and harvested them as bioelectric power. So it kept them powered up. And what they did was they created this simulation world, the Matrix, which babies would be plugged into and have a stimulated 
reality modelled, and it would be somewhere around the 20th century, 1990, as you've stated, would be the simulation of the Matrix. Okay, now it's completely wrong. Zion is where Jerusalem was found. found. Ah, okay. But, you know, it's, it's still, it's, it's one of these things like uh, uh, a roaming lost people come and settle, and there we go. So then from there, Neo, Neo learns that um, basically Morpheus and his crew are kind of a rebellious group. They kind of plug in and out of the Matrix, and their, their point is to try to unplug people and bring them back into the Matrix to help them with this war against the machines. They learn pretty quickly that you have to unplug people when they're younger, otherwise it's a bit too late. Yes, yes. And in fact, Neo. Neo is a little bit too late in the age bracket. But Morpheus shows faith. And this again is that kind of, uh, there's a bit of a, again, it, this what, religious what connection, what isn't it? Do they originally plug him into to sort of, the, oh, yeah, there's big white space. There is, And this, yeah. this is the construct where construct, we yeah. load into before we go there. We can do whatever we like here. Yeah. You know, clothes and, and guns, training programs yeah. and so forth. And they sit down on the couches and show, you know, this is your, the Matrix, 1990s yeah. Earth. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but this is what it really looks like. And it changes to the, you know, wasteland with a roiling blackened sky and devastated skyscrapers. Mm. And that's when they wake up from that and Neo has a complete freak up. Yes, he's freaking out by it all. Yes, you are freaking out. <laughs> um, and he also, they plug, they play the simulation where you need to uh, jump off a building. The jump? Oh, this, this was exciting because this is one of those hero tests, isn't yeah. it? It's like, nobody's ever made it on the first jump. What, what if, if he does? What if he actually No one makes the first jump. No one jump. makes the first jump. And but he's there's... told that if you die in the Matrix, you die in reality. Yes. Which is a good rule, right? It's a really clear rule. And he doesn't make the jump. No. But so the jump is not fatal. No. He gets it. But he does get a bit of, a, a bit of blood, blood nose, in his mouth. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's where he learns because he comes out of that and goes, oh, I didn't make... And, the, and, it, and it's good because I think Mouse knows, like, didn't make the jump. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be a bit surprised if he made the first jump. They also come across these uh, machines called Sentinels, which are kind of roaming the same place that this Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, is Here's roaming. Here's the King of Babylon. Yeah, the King and of Babylon. He's mentioned in the Book of Kings and uh, Book of Jeremiah or something like that. Okay, all right. Someone out there that's really into all those history and religious texts could tell us, is it in the Bible or is it another thing? Let me know. Makes me think it has something to do with drinking wine. <laughs> um, so he starts uh, enjoying these loading programs. They basically can. There's a great moment where he's like, "Oh, I'm supposed to load you this sort of OHS crap yeah, that op- we get operation, you know, but you know." And he's throwing all those discs away, and he goes, "Let's get to some exciting stuff, you know." And and he goes, "You want to learn kung fu?" And um, so he starts like. And it's cool, like, because he's like, you know, zapped into his brain. And he's well, we're expert. hitting the fun and games right now, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. And so, of course, he's kind of learning all these things. And then he says to Morpheus, I know Kung Fu. And he goes, show me. Yeah, show me. <laughs> and they load in. They have this awesome big choreographed fight that bends the rules of reality, doesn't it? And it is utterly Hong Kong movie choreography. Mm. Uh, I mean, as I said, this I watched this movie coming out of university and I spent a lot of time at uni 
uh, SBS, one of our broadcasters, had their Saturday night cult movie night. Yep. And they did a, I don't know how long, a whole year maybe of Hong Kong movies. And so I watched like all the Bruce Lee movies, watched a whole bunch of like Sammo Hung, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, um, yeah, yeah. You know, Michelle Yeoh, and so on and so forth. And yeah, watching this then, seeing it in Hollywood, was very exciting. It was. And I mean, this particular fight scene, you know, they really go at it. Um, they're blowing each other, you know, hard uh, kicks. Well, they're, they're, sorry, sorry, they're, bl- they're, they're blowing each other. <laughs> yeah, they are blowing each other. That's a, oh, that's a different movie. That's a movie. different sorry, simulation. I that's a different Kenai Reeves movie. Sorry. Oh. Um, and that's Kenai O.O. Reeves. Kenai Reeves. Yeah, they're throwing fists one to each other. I can't speak now about that. I'm imagining. So they're blowing each other and they're fisting. And what else are <laughs> and they doing exactly? This uh, shoving. This is shoving. This penetrating grunting. and grunting and groaning. And yes, it's, uh, one's upside down at one point. And as I said, it's very pulls exciting. Pulls the tops off, all that sort of stuff. It's a great flip, flip, flip. movie. Great movie that one. It's but very, we should talk about the Matrix. The Matrix, yes. <laughs> so it's very stylized. It's, it's a beautiful Huge. fight. And then you know, Neo asks him, well, not Neo, uh, Morpheus says, and you know, why can't you beat me? Yeah. He says, you're too fast, you're too strong. And he's puffing, huffing, and Morpheus is totally mm. calm. Not, he says, do you think that anything you know, to do with my muscles or my speed or s- has anything to do with what's <laughs> going on inside this computer program? Yeah. And you see Neo, he's a, he's a software developer. He yeah. sort of stops and he stops yeah. puffing and huffing and stops and goes, Huh. Make a good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you don't have any muscles, and you, it's a computer yeah. program. Yeah. And so then they start up again. Yeah. And then everyone comes watching, and it's like it's a really fast fight. They go, yeah. "Oh, pardon me, I haven't seen him go this fast." Oh, and they're yeah. going fast, and then he finally just about beats or beats Morpheus. You know. Yeah. I think he's fist. about to hit him. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what was Morpheus say? Is something you'll, you 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 won't win or something? Well, he says like like I think he he realizes then that oh okay you you're getting it. But then he's like he does torture him by saying you think that's air you're breathing? Yes. He's like oh. And they come out of the training program, which is mm. really good. It is good fun. That's the fun in games of it. Uh, but Morpheus does then think that he's he's believing that he's, he's particular. the one. Yeah. Oh, and this is where old Trinity takes Neo some food. He does. In the morning. Yeah. Because he's, he's and Cypher comes up and says, you never took me any food <laughs> when I first arrived. Which I thought yeah. was super creepy. There's something just... Yeah. It's creepy about a guy with that sort of facial hair. It is, yeah. Like, And they're I, married, they were married in real life, those two. Oh, those were they? Two oh. Actors. Yeah, yeah. And they, um, so anyone out there with facial hair like Cyphers, mm. understand it's a bit creepy looking. I mean, <laughs> unless you're a mortician. Or a... You can get away with that, A I barber? Think. You probably... probably maybe maybe or, it's a barber. Or maybe you run a boutique sausage shop. Mm. But that was the point, right? Cypher was a bit... Dodgy he, the whole he way was, through. He was a he was very cynical the whole from way. The rest of the characters, yeah, he was it? very diverse. He was cynical. He wasn't quite. It didn't seem like he was fitting in. Um, 
you know, and, and she does. She take in because she's starting to, it's, you know, it feels like she's the B story. She's got a bit of a love thing going on with yeah. Neo. There's a bit of a thing going on there. Um, they, they mentioned the Oracle here. Yeah. When's, when's he going to take him to the Oracle? And she goes, oh, when, when he's ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where we cut to Cypher has this steak in this fancy restaurant with Agent Smith. See, that steak looks good. It does. And um, they're basically going to do a deal. And he, Agent Smith wants the codes to Zion. And he says, well, I can't get you that, but I can get you Morpheus. Um, and But Cypher is the one that's talking all through this. And he, he says he wants to return to the Matrix and forget the truth. Yeah, I don't want to remember any of this stuff. I don't remember any of this. I want to, I want, I want to few, come back. Takes a few choosing is, oh, and I want to be like someone rich, someone, someone important. important. Like an actor. Like an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Which no doubt all the actors are going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they might have just chucked that line in for them, which was great. Um, but it's good because it's a good, it's a, you know, what, what is that? That's um, a saboteur, a saboteur in there, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's cool, a sabotage amongst their ranks. Uh, so they take, um, they go back into the Matrix and they're going to visit the Oracle. Um, and this is where Cypher kind of sets the plan in action to kind of set them up. Chucks his phone in the Chucks bin. Chucks his phone in the bin. Uh, we see him do that. And um, when Neo and Morpheus are going to the Oracle in the elevator, um, Neo's like, yeah, but I don't think, dude, dude I, I'm not really up for being the one. And he's like, ah, don't talk to me about that. You know, the Oracle will have Wait all, yes. until you talk to the Oracle. Yeah, the Oracle will have that. Whatever the Oracle says, that's top Join, join me on my spaceship. Yeah, and he goes in anyway, and he goes into this room, and there's all these little Buddhist kids. And, <laughs> is that, I mean, this is what's so fascinating about this film. Like, like there's this kid, and they're bending, one of them's bending a spoon. Yes, which is a, and a classic it, Urigella. Yeah. It's an odd psychic power to have. It is a very... That's what always got me when, when the psychics demonstrated what spoon bending. Is... You still look at that going, that must obviously be a trick yeah. because that's just not the way skills or abilities work. You don't... Why on earth would you have the one power to bend spoons? Bend spoons. Like, what's the point? Nothing else. You can't... You can't do anything else. No. Just bend spoons. But I guess like they're kids, right? So they're learning how evolutionarily. To bend yeah, over time. How would that help anyone? Yeah, but, but yeah, but yeah, the little monk kid is got the spoon and it warps, warps down and comes mm-hmm. back up, and he hands it to Neo. Yeah, and Neo says, "How do you do that?" Is the secret <laughs> with a strong Australian accent yeah. to this kid that's in the monk clothes? The secret <laughs> is to realize. There is There's no, no spoon. spoon. <laughs> Cut to Neil Marshall's movie Dog Soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only scene I remember from that movie, actually. I've got to say, it was just struck, stuck with me. Yeah. And yeah, sure enough, Neo looks at it and he tips Start, his head to the yeah, side. Yeah, he tips and, his head. So. And the spoon, again, we get reflections. Yeah. Strong reflections that reflects back the other kid. And then, doop, doop, it's yep. to your time to go in. Yeah. And he goes in and the oracles... Uh, She's a she's an old African American lady, um, and she's in an old kitchen. You notice that, and she's baking cookies. And this is the trope of the magical native, I think it's called. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And yeah. um, so it's very stereotypical. And she, you know, she says to him something like, um, "Oh, don't you know? Don't apologize. 
Yeah, don't worry about the vase. Don't 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 apologize over the vase. And he says, "What vase?" And as he says that, he kind of turns and he knocks his vase over. She's like, "That one, yeah." Oh, so, I'm so sorry. I told you not to told worry. You not about to apologize. Yeah. So, sort of shows that she has power. But then she does say that same thing that you and I were joking about at the start, which is she says, "The well, what's going to really bait your noodle?" And he goes, "If I hadn't have said anything, would you have knocked the vase?" Yeah. And it's like, oh, for crying out loud, yeah. No, we'll not think. We'll not think about yeah. that. Anyway, so she sits down and she's got a cigarette as well. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. And um, then she says. Well, you know, Morpheus has been filling your head with all sorts of stuff. But the thing is, if you're the one, you kind of know that you're the one. Mm. And he's like, oh. And she goes, so I spent a, do you, do you know, do you get my drift? And he's like, yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, I'm, not I, I'm not the one. And she goes, well, well I, think, I think she even says, yeah, yeah, the, you're not the one. Oh, I can't remember what it was. It's, you're, you're not the one now. Yeah, you because know, then she goes, because then she goes, right, I better examine you. So she examines him and she goes, you know, his head and she goes, oh, interesting. You're better looking because of Trinity. You know, I can see what she sees in you. Um, but then she looks at him and she goes, yeah. And then she says to him, which is really clever, that she, because she doesn't actually answer the question. What she does is she goes, well, then I'm supposed to say, and he goes, oh, that I'm not the one. And she mm. goes, yeah, sorry, kid. You're not yes, the one. That's, that's in this time, I'm, I'm you've so, got the skills, but you're not quite ready. Something's holding you back. Yeah, something's holding you back. Another another act. Yeah, that's what's then, holding you and back. And then yes, you haven't <laughs> you haven't discovered yourself. If yet. we end the film now, it's still got another half an hour to go. Yeah, if we were to say, yeah, you the are one. the one, and go then out you, there and just kill agents. Yo, off you go. Yeah, yeah it'd so, be too easy. But but then she also then says, uh, Morpheus is going to. You're going to have to make the choice. Yes. Morpheus is going to sacrifice his life for you. Yeah. Um, or you can sacrifice yourself Your, yeah. for Morpheus. Yeah. And he goes, oh, and don't worry. By the time you walk out here and eat the, the cookie, eat I think he says, I think I say biscuit, but you know. Cool. Americans will hear me say biscuit and go, what are you talking about? That wasn't a biscuit, it was a cookie. <laughs> a biscuit's like a weird scone. Yeah. But they wouldn't say use the word scone. They'd say it's a biscuit. Strange. But uh, yeah, so he he walks out, and sure enough, he eats his biscuit. And Morpheus bad. immediately jumps up and says, oh, "Don't tell me what." Don't she tell said. me what she said. <laughs> like the other wish won't come true. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and that's fair enough. He's a believer. He doesn't want to hear anything that may confirm. He's a believer, this. right? He's a believer. So belief comes back around. Um, so they leave out and they head back to their. Frankenstein village place, I think again. And um, as they're heading there, Mouse is say, rings them, I think, or on the on the wire, or whatever it is. I think it's on the flip phones. He's saying, "Oh, there's a bit of weird activity going on, doesn't he?" he notices yeah, something, something strange going on. Yeah, and then and then Mouse is like, "Eh," and he like turns and opens the windows, and the windows aren't windows anymore; they're bricked up. Well, well, you've missed the deja vu. Oh, so, yeah, so sorry, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. walking up, yeah. and Keanu, well, Neo stops and, a black and looks cat. back. There's a black cat, hisses and stretches and walks on. And then he sort of looks, and the black cat hisses comes and, and hisses and walks on. He goes, whoa, deja vu. And like, everyone on the stairs immediately turns and goes, what, what did you see? Oh, no, it's just a, like a cat. two black cats walk past. Was it a second black cat or was it the same black cat? Well, it could have been. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's going on? And so they call. That's right, they call Mouse. And then Mouse goes, uh, not mouse, dozer, uh, tank, the controller. And he goes, oh, there's, 
and he gets oh yeah back they on the go thing. snip yeah. and the hard line is cut and that's when they sort of say oh the hard lines they call mouse they say give me your phone yeah. to cipher and cipher sort of goes through his pockets like because he doesn't have his phone yeah he doesn't have his phone anymore. but trinity hands the phone over first yeah. calls up mouse is upset and says you know they've cut the hard lines that's right yeah. they're coming in and yeah sure enough mouse pulls out a couple of useless pop guns that he a teams for no reason <laughs> But there is that great moment he opens the curtains and it's all bricked walls. He's like, ah! And he grabs these big, you know. Yeah, see, this is one of those 18 moments yeah. where, where I was dissatisfied because he's got the, the. He opens the box, it's full of like bullets and guns. Yeah. yeah, it's all like. As a teenage boy watching this, you're like going, ah! And he picks up these two uh, the weird ass looking guns with yeah, circular yeah. Bat- thingos around it. And he. Just starts firing. Yeah, the guys come in and he does nothing. He's and he yeah. just gets shot. And it like, ah, oh, it was just I just wanted mm. because on the other hand though the uh, the chasing which kicks off from this, yeah, and they, they sort of run and Cipher gets separated, yeah. taken away or whatever, but miraculously escapes. Yeah, and there's and there's a chase and they run. There's a point where they they get through the the wet wall the the wet wall, yep. and they go down and Cipher kicks the dust and they sneeze and then they shoot and mm. Morpheus goes oh and jumps <laughs> through and grabs wrestles with the agent while yeah. everyone else shoots down the bottom and cops come pouring in just like they did with Mouse yeah but they just come out and go pew, 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 yeah. and the cops like are shooting uselessly and they just kill all the cops and go but Mouse really yeah he couldn't have like I, I reckon I would have much preferred it had he like gotten a couple and then take and then like tried to find cover, but there's just nowhere to go, yeah. and he gets shot out. Yeah, I was I felt slightly cheated that he had these weird ass guns, and I wanted to see him do something. Yes, fair enough. Ah. Fair enough. There's your gripe. But there's on the your other one hand, gripe. but on the other hand, though, Mouse was a little youngster, and he was yeah. not super tough or hard. He had a big role on Home and Away for many years there. Oh, as, did he? Uh, Damien. So yeah. Well, I wonder if he met Dan Ewing. Uh, it was many years before the day. Uh, it would have been yeah, actually like, probably well done. It was back was in like 1995. And <laughs> um, anyway, just to, to, to it was the same with the chick with the white rabbit. She's uh, she was a home and away character, I think, for many years. She might know Dan actually. Um, not that I'm into home and away, but I was when I was a teenage boy. Watched a bit of it, so you know, starting the process. But there's a great moment there that they are in this hidden wall and Cypher sneezes or whatever and then but and Morpheus he sacrificed himself right he's keep Neo ne- save Neo you and know? and Neo goes no no like I was just <laughs> and Trinity kind of takes him out um <laughs> and yeah the Cypher's kind of saved and can get back to the ship um through another phone yeah um, through the phone the hard yep. line in the repair shop or something yeah so he gets back to the ship and then immediately starts terminating the other yeah and it has uh, this whole monologue thing yeah where he goes around yeah, apoc and yeah. switch and then he's like is neo if i pull neo because he's already shot uh tank and dozer yeah. with an electric gun if I pull Neo, you know, if, if he's really the one, then I'm just something miracle will happen. I won't yeah. be able to pull him. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Tank, Tank shoots him yeah. and blows Cypher away, mm. which I have a feeling does indicate to Trinity that, yeah. okay, something, well, something did just happen. Save him, yeah. But not so much for Neo. No. And, and then was... they have this big 
talking. You're like, just get on the damn phone. <laughs> Have this conversation back on the ship. Yeah, yeah. And Trinity goes and then Neo has to leave. Oh, no, on, no. Did I... he, he comes back. He comes back that one. Yeah, it's later. Well, he's fighting the subway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 So but no, comes... so in this one, he gets on the phone. He comes he back. back. So, yeah. oh, isn't it funny? I just watched this last night and <laughs> still can't remember it. Um, so, yeah, Morpheus is captured. Um, oh, and yes. Neo and, uh, yeah, Cypher is killed. And, the, yeah, that we've said all that. Yeah, so they're back on the ship there and they indicate that, yeah, Neo, uh, sorry, Morpheus is, is having his brain attacked, like yes, hacked. hacked. And it's just a matter of time for they get the codes to Zion. Every ship's captain has, which yeah. to me would have said, no ship's captain is allowed in the Matrix. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Under any circumstance. Just keep them, yeah. So that, that would have been a safety protocol for sure. Alternatively, don't leave the codes with the captain. No. Leave them in some sort of encrypted locker on, on the board ship. the ship, yeah. which anyone left over can get at in order to be able to return to Zion. That's right. Through some emergency protocol. Yeah. But anyway, that aside. That aside. They, this is where they cut to that whole scene I was talking about earlier. He's being interrogated by the agent, especially Agent Smith, takes the earpiece out. And Sonny's um, off. Sonny's off, you know, like you're a virus. And then he like actually like starts like squeezing his head. Tell me. Juicing him. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to get out of here. I'm, yeah. I know. What Save is that all about? Me. Like, I've got, I'm only here because of you morsel pain in the butts. Um, and then this is where uh, back on the ship uh, they, they say, well, we're going to have to terminate Morpheus because he doesn't, you know, he's dying anyway and he's going to give away the codes. And so Trinity agrees to that. Tank is going to uh, pull out the plug, you know, because you just die if that's the case. Um, and Neo said, at the last minute says, no, you know, I was given this choice from the Oracle. Um, yeah, I'm not the one. She, she said this would happen. You yeah. know, which Trinity's like, what? I'm supposed to be with the one. Yeah, I've been giving you a bit of stuff on the side and, you know, uh, you're not the one again. And by stuff, we mean a little extra of that slot porridge. Yes, that's right. Um, and which so, is what she calls her uh, breakfast uh, tray. <laughs> she brings in. Sorry. Ooh, snap. that was close. Save that one. <laughs> um, slot porridge. <laughs> Hey, uh, Neo, check out my slot yeah, porridge. That would be rather tasty, mind you. <laughs> it's time. Yeah, as you said, he thinks it tastes a bit like uh, tasty wits. <laughs> tasty wits. Tasty wits. But he makes a good point of how do the AI know what yeah. everything tastes like anyway? Yeah, like what if they thought chicken tastes like wheat beaks? Yeah. Sloppy wheat beaks thing. Yeah, Weedy beaks. That, <laughs> that was actually one of those little philosophical statements which yeah. really blew my mind was like they could have just made up the taste and programmed us to say it tastes like beef yeah that's right like yeah. uh breaks the brain it does um and so this uh, so neo's gonna go in he goes no nah, I'm, I'm my the the my path was is here i'm not the one but i've got a chance i could we should save Morpheus. it's, it's almost Morpheus. as if he's choosing act three he is almost choosing it right um, and Trinity is impressed by this that she says, no, you know, I'm coming with you and as your ranking officer, I'm coming, right? So they've got an action. How are we going to do it? We need guns. And so they put Lots them in that... Lots of guns. They put them into that simulation. This would be something that 80s Arnie would be happy with. Stands in that white room and these guns just come flying in, don't they? 
So it's a cool. So that's, kind so of it's effect. kind of a bit pointless to have so many. So guns. I know I don't really a get big it, library yeah. of guns, but anyway, there you go. Yeah, and couldn't you program a gun that like never runs out of bullets? Well, they have certain rules they have to follow in the. Yeah, matrix. that's true, isn't it? Yeah, okay, maybe not. All they, right, they, I'm sure their guns never jam, for example. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. So anyway, anyway, that's for a whole another podcast, I think. Um, so they go in and they land on top. No, sorry, they go in on the ground floor of this huge skyscraper uh, in their black, you know, look that they had. Neo has now really encompassed that sort he's, of look. He's got his superhero costume. He's got his superhero costume and Trinity looks the way she does. She's super Trinity and they go through these like this security checkpoint at the bottom of the thing and he drops this huge bag down, which is full of guns. It goes through the x-ray. <laughs> he he boots it, I'm going to have to search you here. Can you... You know, take any metal objects, yeah. and he and pulls he his coat back, and it's just covered in guns, wrapped with guns, strapped with guns. And the and guy's like, like "What Holy. the hell?" Yeah, <laughs> and they just start firing. You know, and it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because they just literally start obliterating anyone and everything. Yeah, it's really quite mean when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it is because these guys are just. People. But in the Matrix world, like they're just they're fodder for the machines. That's right. They are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's. It's one of those sort of uh, morality situations where if you were to really think about it, you sort of go, this is just a horrendous murder yeah. cycle. Like, what, what the hell? You can't just go in there and just murder all these people That's for right. just standing there doing their job. Yeah. But, but they do. you can get away with it because it's that's the it's type of movie game, it is. Yeah. It's basically a computer game. Yeah, and this scene is so far-fetched over-the-top action. Oh, there's the cartwheels like, running up yeah, walls. And... And, there's, and it's so cool because, um, you know, they're firing these machine guns, they're running up the walls, there's pillars, but, like, everything is tiled, and these tiles are just shattering everywhere. Like, it's a oh, very You know what I loved effect. about this is these pillars were being chewed apart yeah, by the guns. by the bullets. That's what actually happens, yeah, not yeah. the little pating, pating, pating. Yeah, that's right. And so I, as a, as a little nerd boy, I'm sort of going... Finally, someone actually yep, showing pronounced. what yep. you know a salt weaponry would do to tiled concrete pillars. Like yep. it rips them apart. You none of this hiding because they're hiding behind it and there's like being yeah. chewed away <laughs> from them. And they've yeah. got to move. They can't just stay there. No, that's right. And you know Trinity does her flying kick things, and um, Neo does as well. And they snap some necks and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, there's this world of destruction. There's a great little bit of comedy that at the end of it, the two of them stand there survey it and then like some of the pillars just slide away you know just yeah. crumble and they hop into the elevator very sophisticately she rips off the roof he sets the bomb or is it the other way around or whatever yeah they jump up into the top of the elevator this is a real little homage to canal's other re- movie speed oh is it and because it's pretty much the opening of speed is the he's he's doing the opposite he's deactivating a bomb oh. in an elevator shaft. Oh, I, I, it's been a long time. But anyway, so he jumps up there and uh, with Trinity, it's a very epic moment, isn't it? Like he like looks at it and he goes, "There is no spoon." Yes. He like fires the elevator and one of the rods, like, and so the elevator just drops a little bit. Fires another one. There is no spoon. And they go flying up, and this elevator sinks to the bottom and explodes on that ground floor. Yeah, I'm not sure why they did that. Uh, just to cause mass destruction. It was, it was very cool. The fire alarm, yeah. fire alarm went off there. The waters came down. This Water. is when uh, the two agents come yeah. in on the interrogation. 
and they Smith kind of looks a bit surprised. Yeah, and they look at each, each other. The agent Smith, oh, he doesn't have Brown and whatever. Just, he doesn't know. What? And he puts his <laughs> earpiece back in and puts his glasses back on, like straight away. Uh, yeah, one of the agents again. He's no longer human. Uh, humanized. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Anthropomorphized. What? Yeah, exactly. And, and then he says, oh. and then he suddenly realizes what's going on. Yeah. And, and they, they, so then they're on, and it's, they're on the, it cuts to, they're on the roof and they're beating up other guards. And then this is where we get one of those moments that the Agent Smith like morphs into the pilot or something. Agent, I think. It wasn't Smith, it was, it was like Brown or something. Yeah, one it's of the Agent Brown yeah. and Agent Jones. And um, when he does that, then he like starts firing on Neo and Neo then bends back, doesn't he? Well, he fires at him first. Yep. And the, the agent is too fast. So they said That's you right. can't shoot him, they're too fast. He goes and we see fast. the example, you just sort of see this blur, you know, blur, multiple images of him like yep. blah, 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 blah. And dodging bullets. Yeah, so you go, okay, yeah, you, you can't shoot these guys. Yeah. And the agent shoots. Starts shooting at Neo. And then Neo does, again, this is one of those scenes that has been ripped so many times yeah. that if this was the first time you're watching it now, you'd be, you'd like, be uh, going, oh, this scene, oh, yeah. God. But this Except, is where it came from. This is it. This is the original <laughs> and the best. Yes. And he, he's sort of flipping his hands back. And uh, yeah, it was just. Kind of the, again, very. It's very sort of inhuman the way he bends himself back and these bullets are we see these bullets in such slow motion like them rippling the air yeah you see the shock waves of them yeah and i again first time when i was watching this in the cinema yeah this was just like you know another cool thing because so yeah. we had the opening kick with the spinning camera yeah and then we had uh the fight scenes which were highly choreographed and the one downstairs in the lobby just upped it again with, yeah cartwheels and running on walls and destruction and then they have this you know the, he flies back at, we get that same slow motion rotating camera deal with bullets it was just yeah absolutely and astonishing Trinity watches and she's super impressed because she's thinking wow like he is that? no one else has done this but then and it's great because he's doing all the slow motion stuff oh. and the bullet one bullet grazes his leg and and the instant of it it comes back to real time which is a great little piece of like jumping on the and editing. And then Trinity, and gun the, to agent, the agent's head. Yeah, the agent comes up and you know puts the gun to Neo's head, and, I, and Trinity says, "Dodge this, dodge this." And if the whole audience <sighs> in the Blaze Cinema does not cheer at that yeah. point, boom! And the agent goes flying off. So you're like, you she get, killed an agent, yeah. But then, of course, you see some get the guards downstairs, yeah. and they. Can <laughs> Yeah. And that, because that was the whole thing. There's that moment you're like, I was thinking, like, when she does it to him, like, yeah, why haven't they, like, killed agents like that? But it's like, no, you can't even kill them. They just transfer bodies. Yeah. Even just, after you kill them. You just killed that. You just pilot. killed that particular guy. You're like, oh, so yeah, you really can't kill the bastards. Yeah. Right? So, but that was, that was a, just a, a, a fantastic one liner. It was. Moment. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, the, the whole cinema, you could feel it. Yeah. There wasn't cheering because. You know, we're in Australia. We don't cheer in cinemas. That's crazy. <laughs> but the, you got that feeling of everyone. Oh, hey, yeah. you hear little comments of people going, just well, it's a exclamations. Great, and, yeah, know. and it's a great upping of the, of the scale towards the climax, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, he can kind of shift himself like an agent. Mm. But no, he gets hit, so he's not quite as good as them. And then, oh, we can't kill the agents. Oh, Trinity's just killing one. Yay. 
oh no, they can just morph. Oh, yeah. how do you kill these guys then? You know, so it's like raising the stakes towards that climax, isn't it? It's like Morpheus is a little bit better, but the actual age now showing us how powerful the agents are and that they're more powerful. So yeah, they, cool. they jump this. They've got this great helicopter. Helicopter on top of the building. Yeah, yeah they, they they hover down and the gun comes out. Yep. And he just blasts in there and there's glass shattering and water yeah. splashing so and there's the sprinklers scene. are on and... Yeah, the agents are shooting fearlessly, of course, and they get wiped out. Yeah. And they, of course, blur into some guards out in another hallway and start coming Morpheus, in. and he's, he like yells at Morpheus to stand up, and Morpheus, with his handcuffs, stands up, snaps them, runs through this waterlogged building towards this flying Smith helicopter. Smith shoots through the wall and Smith in slow like, motion. Oh. <laughs> you see these bullets coming through, which is so cool. And one like gets his leg, so trips him at that last moment. And Neo's like, he's not going to make it. Jumps for him. Clips his rope on, jumps yeah, out, jumps catches out. him. They have a little cuddle. Him mid-air. A little careful. She oh, takes off. Oh, isn't that nice? But then, Ooh, wow. uh, Smith starts firing at the helicopter as they take off. Oh, and of course... Um, fuel starts fuel going or out, oil or something, and uh, he he's got Morpheus, doesn't he? And so Trinity's like, you know, losing control of the helicopter, and uh, so he can drop Morpheus from a great height. But okay, yeah. they know how to land, you know, know how to play the Matrix. So he does, and then he comes down on top of this building, and the helicopter's falling outside out out of the sky, and uh, he just edge. he goes goes to the ledge, and he just wraps the whole thing around him. And uh, it's really epic, isn't it? This helicopter's coming in to crash. And, um, Pretty gutsy expecting... I know, expecting him to be able to... But also expecting... He was thinking he's going to hold on to the helicopter. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Doing, I like, but then Trinity gets out and fires that rope and grabs it. And Morpheus is watching the whole time. He's like... Oh, and Trinity jumps out of the helicopter as it... Cool as... Crashes into the building. Oh, crap. Yeah. Helicopter explosion against the glass. Yeah. And the, I was watching ooh. the making of this and I was saying that... That was um, they, they didn't really have many chances to get this right to get the concentric circles, but it worked. And the scene of uh, Trinity, they they weren't sure. If the, you know, she's supposed to swing and crash like she does. They weren't sure if they're going to be able to get it because they didn't. I don't think they could reset and, and just do this take over yeah, and over. Yeah. But as it just so happened, because that's a stunt double there swinging. Yeah, yeah. But as it happened, she sort of had twisted around, and her arm and the rope was perfectly in front of her face, so that. When she crashed into the wall, into the glass, you didn't get you. It was a perfect shot, and that's it. So yeah. we just took that one. <laughs> so, yeah, it was quite possibly we may not have had that little shot. Yeah, or seen. And it's so cool when the helicopter hits that it that actually like the building bends. You know, the yes. glass like it's a it's a bit. It almost feels like that's not how it should look. You know, yeah, and, it I, always, and it makes that noise and it's woo, and then he like. Yanks Trinity up, and it's yes. very epic coming up, making him look like a huge giant. And Morpheus, like, he's the one, he's the one. I'm not sure, <laughs> and we all feel it, don't we? We all feel it, like, we're all like, Yeah, he's the one, he's yeah, the one. he's pretty cool. I'm I knew, not, I knew he was the one. I'm right? not sure how that proved it, but you know, okay, we're pretty well, sure it, it was is. epic, man. It well, we know epic. he is, it would have been a pretty bad movie. Turns out at the end, he gets oh, shot and dies. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then they're running to get, um, get out of the Matrix. Yeah. At the same time, Sentinels start attacking the uh, spaceship. Yeah, because we yeah. we've got to up the ante a little bit. We here, do. Get the stakes going. Um, 
And he's, and he's got ready with the pulse. Yeah, that's right. He's getting ready. Like, well, but this pulse will kill all of them. So yeah, they've got to get to a phone. Because Trinity, uh, Morpheus goes out. Trinity goes out. Yep. And then Neo is like, nah, no, I'll be okay. You go. They destroy the phone, don't they? Yeah, they destroy the phone just after they shoot tool through the phone box. Yeah. Just after Trinity goes, and he goes, okay, no. Oh, it's one of those moments, but isn't it? It's like, like, just get on the phone and go. He has Uh, a big light. Oh, I love you. Yeah, they're looking at each other. I was told that I was going to love the one, but he'd be dead or something. Why don't you just do that back on the ship, you know? Why don't you just get back on the ship? Yeah, I know. And I was like, get on the goddamn ship. What are you doing? And there's a cool, like, homeless man. It's like, uh, watching them. And they're like... The subway train comes through and it's Agent Smith. Like, it's so cool that. I reckon that's so cool how they do and this, it. Yeah, this is here where we get the the meetup we wanted to see because we yeah. saw Morpheus fight Agent mm. and got trounced. Yeah. But we've seen Neo, first of all, was just slightly better at the edge on Morpheus in the fight training. Yeah. And then has and then grown. We've has, seen him yeah, progress. A bit. And now you're going, okay, now I want to see this fight. Yes. And the fight goes on and it's it's pretty even. Yeah. And just at the last minute, he gets hit by, you know, the agent gets you know, left in front of a train after trying to throw Neo in front of the train. But, but of course, the agent just then agent. gets off the train. <laughs> but in that fight, he does smash his sunglasses and he's like, oh, you son of a bitch, you made it personal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, and that is interesting because that was, that was his symbol. Yeah. When he had the sunglass and the earpiece in, he was just an agent. Yeah. And he acted just like an agent. But when he took those off, yeah, he could become then more he personal. was like he had that glasses off and they smashed. Yeah. He was getting angry. Yes. Which was not what the other agents were doing. Mm. Uh, and the so When he comes off the subway after being killed, and yeah. he's not killed, he comes as fresh fresh agent. Yeah. He's got the glasses back on. He <laughs> chugs his suit, gives a bit of it, and Neo of course goes, Oh shit, and oh, runs crap. for it. Yeah. So he's running through Chinatown and the agent is like jumping from person to person. Um, firing uh, guns at him and stuff, and he's he grabs the phone of someone. Did you see it? But he grabs the phone and yeah. he's like, he's like, you got to get me out of here. And it's like the the guy's like, and then he turns and he's the agent. It's yes. really a cool moment. Um, so they tell him that there's a phone somewhere. Uh, there's an, an old phone. Yeah. And old. in fact, I believe that is the one from the the first. Start. Is it from the cell or from where he took his pills? Because yeah, they went up the same Yeah, I think the stairs. pills. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he, he he heads on up and uh Agent Smith sees the name of the hotel as being the same one. Yeah. And so, you know, goes to shortcut him, basically. Yes, he does. And successfully shortcuts him. Yeah. Oh, I think it's the one that Trinity escapes through. Yeah, I think it That's was. That's the one yeah. that Trinity yeah. escaped out of that one. Yes, at the start. So and then shortcuts him. And he's the phone ring. It's three or three. It's on your right. And yeah. he kicks it open, steps in, and there's Agent Smith. Yeah. He, he just, just goes, kablamo. Yeah. And that was really cool. Yeah. Was it not? That was very cool. Because you're expecting, oh, he's going to dodge. He's like, no, he just got shot. Yeah. And then bang, 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 bang. bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Made sure he's dead. And I, was, I, I remember watching that going, how do they get out of this? Yeah, I know. Like, does yeah. he crawl over to the phone at the last minute? Yeah. Or... Yeah. What? But no, he, he sort of was look watching himself die in yeah. the Matrix. And at that point, I don't think he could believe that he would die. Yeah. And so yeah, he, there was no spoon. He could see himself dying. He'd see the numbers. Uh, 
And yeah, but he he does die. Be, I think he does die because then back on oh, the ship, yeah, his heart goes off. His heart goes off, and there's blood trickling out of his mouth. And Trinity's like, "No, you were the one I believed in you." Yes, and it goes on for quite some time. She was uh, told that he was going to yeah, die. Yeah, she's like, you're the one. And this is a bit that Neo's has... Neo's told he's going to die too, so, you know. This is a bit that has received a fair bit of criticism, is that suddenly Trinity is like the girl that has to kiss him to bring him back to life. Yeah, it's a bit fairy tale. Like, yeah, a bit fairy tale. Um, but she does, and she kisses him, and... She, but More it, importantly, it is tells a nice, him. It's a nice switch of roles, though. Yeah. It's not the prince. It's, it is, yeah. It's the princess, if that's the appropriate. Yeah, and she tells him to get on with the job, which is a good woman thing to do to a man. No, come on, stop this. What? You've been shot a few times? Wake up. You're all right. And yeah. he does. He gets up. He gets up, yeah, okay. And just as agents, Smith's walking away going, yeah, well, that takes nah, care yeah, of Ah, yeah, you're right. I am a bit lazy, sorry. He's like, no, I'm back. Dude. <laughs> You shot me eight times. <laughs> and all the agents are like, okay, all right, well, let's just unload on him. Bang, 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 gangster stuff. And, and he doesn't um, dodge. No, he just... He holds his hands up, calculates the numbers, and the bullets stop. And we see the bullets stop, that's right. Yeah, with the bullets stop, and then he just he even just drops them, doesn't he? Yeah. So he stops their movement. And then we see... What he sees, which is zeros and ones, yeah, which is the matrix, and so Agent Smith is like, you know, oh come on, and um, he like runs at him, runs up he? to fight him, and yeah. this is where this is so good because this is that that moment where this is the payoff, yeah, where everyone's waiting and waiting, and there's always been this, this tension of the um, zappy things trying to yeah. break in, and and then the tension of him getting shot and all those, mm. and now we get that that fantastic payoff. Where Smith, who was, you know, kicking his ass yeah. fairly hardly, you know, he goes punch, 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 and there, yeah, sort of blocking with one arm. In fact, turns yeah. sideways and puts the other arm behind his back. Yeah. Has a little coffee and a martini. Blocks and then just turns around and goes kapadushka and shoots this guy backwards. He goes flying back, stumbles onto the ground, and he gets up surprised, right? Stand up and say, "What the hell happened?" Yeah. That's a look on his face. He doesn't yeah. say that. What no. the hell happened, Mr. <laughs> what surprise? What? Anderson. And then, <laughs> and, then uh, and then Mr. Anderson then goes does a running dive into him. Into him, which is very surprising. Yeah. The other two agents are looking, going, What? Yeah. And, and just Mr. pulls Agent him Smith apart from the inside. Yeah. Body part. Explodes scanner style and just yeah. goes you even get a little shot of yeah, his face. Not, yeah, <laughs> and the other two agents kinda of look at each other and go, Oh yeah. <laughs> let's get out of here. And they, they fucking freak out. They do. And, uh, yeah, we sort of... And then he wakes up on the ship. Yeah. And Trinity and him have a moment. Yeah. And then we have Neo back in the Matrix on an old telephone speaking to the Matrix. With a bit of rage, <laughs> like a, a rage against the machine, very yeah. big. And he says 90s. that, uh, promising the machines that he will show the... Um, show... Their prisoners a world where anything is possible. And it was a it was a phone tracing, which is the very start yeah. of the film as well. And it but it stops. And it freezes rather than yeah. counting down like it yeah. did with Trinity, it just freezes. He's it. broken it. Yeah. Yes. And then he flies. And he flies out. <laughs> yeah, that was just a And Q Rage Against Machine Wachowski Brothers come yes. up. You know, it's like, whoa. Then you gotta be happy. To come. <sighs> I've been eating my popcorn. I'm happy. Yes, what an amazing film full of 
so many great little moments, uh, scenes, the lighting, the the ah, uh, the way it progressed, absolutely fantastic. So, what is the Matrix, Sorry? What does it symbolize? The Matrix. Well, this is interesting because some philosophers have put forward the concept that we are in a simulation. Yeah, we are. But it could also just simply symbolize the constraining worldviews that we hold Mm. whilst living without having that mindful appreciation of how the world acts, interacts and how we react to it. Yeah, and this film reminds me of that Smashing Pumpkins song, you know, like, are we still um, rats in the cage? Uh, you know, in yes. spite of my rage, um, am I still just a rat in the cage? And that's what this film made me think. It was interesting. I did not see this film at the cinemas because I was getting the impression from everyone that this was a big special effects Hollywood bonanza film. Uh, and I was... You were well above that. Hollywood, I was a film university student into my like 60s and 70s purist indie kind of filmmaking i didn't want to look at a big hollywood spectacular a couple of years after it already been out and the rave reviews and the box office hits and them talking about sequels and all this sort of stuff and a lot of people kept saying to me no it's actually a good film i was sort of twisted into watching it i did watch it and as soon as i watched it to me the matrix symbolized uh, beyond that stuff we were talking about at the start, all the big questions, it, it reminded me of that Smashing Pumpkin. So it, it made me feel like maybe we're in the Matrix. Or no, we are in the Matrix. We are in the Matrix. We are our own prisoners at time. You know, we are. You know, like you and I talk about this even as kind of people that are trying to be creatives when you have to work nine to five for a job. Uh, it's like, it's almost that, this film is almost even that, right? Like if you believed you were the one, if you thought you were the best-selling science fiction fantasy author, you would just give up on that world and focus on the Matrix. Well, I've been been taking red pills. (laughs) They keep me up all night. Yeah, that's the problem with the red pills. That's the wrong bit. I've been taking too many blue pills. I just keep waking up, can't remember what I did yesterday. (laughs) Um, But I just, I felt like, you know, you, you... this world is, it's a, sorry, this film again, like it has another, it's like an onion. Like there's even another layer there that you could say we are in the matrix. We actually, we all put up with the matrix. We don't question society. We don't, we're not punks anymore. We just say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, like, and I'm not talking about the crazy conspiracy theories, people out there saying, oh, the COVID vaccine is a government. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying that we put the matrix program on ourselves well that's what social media is in many ways is is we we radicalize ourselves yeah well in in all directions but so and so does the school system Pe- people all systems do this people yeah and, and we do it to ourselves. uh we, here's, we here's do a it funny to one. ourselves right here's a We're funny one is, is things like supermarkets people complain Oh, the supermarkets waste so much food that they only put the most perfect food mm, up on display the banana thing right and I've had to explain to a few people, actually, that's us doing that. That's yeah. not... The big corporations aren't in some sort of conspiracy to waste food or something. They're just responding to our requirements. Yeah. If you put in all of the bananas mm. and some of them are perfect, pristine, beautiful copies and some are like gross, well, they all cost the same. You're going to choose the beautiful, pristine ones. Yeah. 
And the shopkeeper will go, well, I keep having to throw out this stuff because you guys aren't buying it. Well, so I'm not all gonna, I want to order is the I'm not going to buy that. Yeah. I want to get this particular shape, which works really well. Yep. And then yep. we go down this, this path where everyone has to grow the one banana. It has to be <laughs> this size. It has to be this shade of green or mm. can't have this many blemishes. And then so there's a huge wastage and we end up with monocultures and uh, you know worse nutrition and so forth because yeah. we're doing it to ourselves. And ex- exactly, it's pointed out in the Matrix here where he says we the first iteration of the Matrix was like yeah. heavenly. It was when, it was paradise. You yeah. had all of your needs taken of your you know yeah. like living, but you like broke it. Yeah, you could not deal. Your you rejected that reality. Yeah, well, the babies didn't survive, right? Like they all died. They yeah. rejected that. And at, s- and so we we put you here. We invented this shitty nineteen. 19- <laughs> In the, in the 90s, where like the peak of your civilization, and I say your civilization, because as soon as you made us, it became our oh. civilization. But yeah, and, and that's that, you know, you, you make struggle for yourself. And it's true these days, like uh, we had this lockdown, for example. Now, quite sensibly, we could just go, okay, there is this disease floating about the place and even if it wasn't that disease, if it's the flu, whatever it is, yeah. it would be sensible to you know to put on the mask because that yep. reduces the spread, reduce contact, don't go into places and so forth, and we can get it done. Like, but still, people reject that. It's too yeah. That's too orderly. It's too convenient. It's too perfect. Yeah. And they 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 know I'm not a sheep. Yeah. I'm gonna do something totally outrageous. You know you can't control me yeah and then they actually just make life worse for everyone yeah but that's human nature this is not them being a bad person yeah. this is them being a good human yeah. this is exactly what humans do all the damn time uh not me of course i'm perfect i'm I, yeah you, you've got that people do that and they're pains in the butt really i mean we saw it when the melbourne lockdown happened like there was people literally going to, deliberately going to the police checkpoints to waste their time yes and refusing to give id over because that is against our constitution sort of idea which is not true but that's like, a strange concept yeah, I know, sure. like, like, but they were making those stupid arguments yes. right like but they were really just they were literally intending to make the police officers have more work than that what they already had you know because they were so anti wearing a mask or mm. anti you can't say there's a like even with us at the moment, you can't leave Perth and Peel, right? Unless it's for work or something. It's like they'll say, no, you can't do that to me. Yeah. I can cross that barrier. But, and, you know? and that's that human nature of yeah. there'll always be someone that wants to rebel against yeah. the order. And but so the Matrix, they had to make it not oppressive and yeah, unpleasant. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It had to be that way. So well, that had, Yeah, not perfect. It fit because, because as soon yeah. as you made it all beautiful, you, you can imagine... I could imagine the scene, actually. You put all the humans in some sort of idyllic farmland or beach setting, setting depending on their personal preference, mm. whatever, and everything's nice. There's no taxes. They don't have to work. There's food in abundance, and it's, yeah. it's easy living. There would be someone there who would go and set fire to the forest that we all lived in just because, God damn it, why is this so easy? Yeah, you yeah. know, you would have that. And in so, a way, it breaks down society. But on the other hand, it's it's one of those fundamental struggles. So you're, as humans, we have yeah, to face. It's interesting. You're you're questioning my understanding then a little bit because I'm thinking that the film is saying to me, 
we might already cause ourselves to be in a matrix. But you're saying maybe a little bit of a, we kind of need a matrix to be actually happy. Yeah, the human condition requires that we have like we don't we can't have it quite re- right. Something to rebel against. Yeah, maybe because if we didn't, like, so and, if we did believe in ourselves and we went and followed our dreams, it wouldn't be enough anyway. So we might as well have it a little bit shitty, and then we then the dream is actually stronger. Yes, because <laughs> and, and I hate to go back to it, but we are sociopaths. Back in December 2019, when COVID was starting to get talked about. Had we, as a humanity here, and, and, and no particular people, had we as a humanity gone, oh, okay, let's all put this to rest, and and we all did the right thing. Every mm. nation, yeah. and we, every nation stopped all air travel, and, and everyone, volunteer, ev- yeah. everyone voluntarily, you know, kept themselves for a couple of weeks mm. or whatever. COVID would have disappeared in let's let's call it um, two weeks till everyone who had been infected would be known, and then a month. After that, if every single human went into a self-isolated uh, and and well, well, not even that extreme, but you know, if we'd all done the right thing, right, whatever yeah. that may or may Maybe not have been, a month or but but six within weeks, six weeks, yeah. COVID would have been another extinct disease that mm. just went nowhere, and then we'd all be on our way. But here we are, a year and a half or, or a year and three months later, mm. still still bad. having the repercussions because yeah. as humans, we don't. Work that way, but we have been so successful on Earth as a species, probably because we don't do it. Because we, there's we dis- there's risk, disrupt. We're but there's reward. Right. There's risk and yeah. reward in all of these behaviours. Yeah, and uh, we have to go off there and believe where that we, we are the ones. Sorry. Where there's tragedy somewhere, there's opportunity somewhere yeah. else. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Okay, what about onto your ladder? So this is obviously a classic ladder for me. This is a really tough one. I I lean this one into being my top, and then I don't because of Space Odyssey. So I think I'm sliding it into my number two. Uh, you know, I've, I've said <laughs> it's on... a tough one. It's a really tough one. I just want to justify that because I really I debated that when I wrote this down because I'm just like I feel that this film has so many layers. It's also so much fun. It's so tight as a narrative. If I look at 2001, it's a little bit more open ended. It's a lot more slower in its pace. It's beautifully shot. It's really fascinating. It's not really a closed ending. It's an open ending, whereas this is a very closed narrative structure. Uh, it's the hero's journey. You feel very content after this film, but then I feel personally very content after 2001. So I'm like, oh. So then going back to the idea of what I think the audience should look at, I think they should probably watch 2001 before they watch The Matrix. Yes. That's what I think. Yes. So that's the way I'm leaning into my justification. And and I have previously just been doing it by alphabetical because I'd, I'd hate to choose my favourite child. No, but I think it's this idea. I think we're, we're getting to it. I think the I, idea is I think the, the Matrix, order of where people should watch it. Yeah, the whether it starts at the bottom or it starts at the top. Yeah, <laughs> Then that's the next question. Yeah, look, A ladder I, starts at the bottom, yeah, maybe. I would have to say... Yes, the very first... If you were to have never seen a science fiction film before in your life... Yeah, well, even if you have, I just think it's like... If you were to start at 2001... Start at 2001, it's a real good you'd be, base point. You'd be a, like... And we're talking about joy watching it here yeah. because you'd, you'd go, okay, I've never seen science fiction. No. What is science fiction? You watch 2001 and you get all of these 
ideas. Okay, mm. now you've seen spaceships and it's docking and yeah. you've seen artificial intelligence and you've seen this like spinning uh, habitat where mm. they go jogging around in circles. You know, you've got all of that in you. And now you can move on and see because that has been the basis of so yeah, many. How right. many of these films we watched where there's been like a... Uh, a camera shot or a scene where someone's walked down that corridor and yeah, the camera's right. been at an odd angle and twisted in. It's exactly. And it's just from 2001. It's 2001. Yeah. yeah. So yes, I, I would, I'd have to say yes, 2001 should be there. And, um, should you watch the matrix next before something else? I, re- I reckon the matrix and alien are two that you should, should see together. They're, um, uh, they've, they've got similar visuals, but, Different, different endings, different takes on it. I think. They do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But certainly, the Matrix. Yeah, it, if I was going to have to sort of put this in in an order like that, yeah, it would be the next second one. Awesome, so. very good. So, yeah, what do you think out there about your ladder or our ladders? Let us know on our socials or follow them along, and yeah, let us know about your own ladder. That would be really interesting to see what other people are thinking out of the 50 episodes we have now. 50 episodes. (laughs) So what about science? You're going to talk zeros and ones. Did you notice that, okay, zeros and ones are binary code on computing. You should know this. Sorry, come on. I don't need to tell you. Uh, And at the end, he sees the zeros and ones, right? So meaning that he understands how the code is working. Did you notice that his apartment is 101? I have heard that trivia before and only just now been reminded of it. Yes, so there you go. There's a little bit of tribute. What type of science are you going to talk about? Are you talking zeros or ones or are you talking about? No, no, no. There's a philosophy of Obviously, the simulation <laughs> theory. And this was brought forward more popularly in 2003. So it's something that's been around for a little while. Mm. But the, the theory goes along these lines. Let us assume humanity were to progress in the fashion we are currently, at the rate we are currently, it's there's some good probability that we will achieve a level of technology where we are able to create a simulation of our ancestors, i.e. our day, present day. In the future, they can simulate the universe in our present time. Oh, okay. And if they're simulating that, that, you know that may well also produce simulations. In fact, there's a movie of this, which is The 13th Floor. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. That's pretty good. It's got Vince, Vincent D'Onofrio. But it's it's a great film. But if you imagine then, of all of the human civilizations that are going to advance to this point, creating simulations, there's going to be a higher probability that we are in a simulation universe than in one of the non-simulation universes. So, yeah, we, we could be in a simulation. Is there some way of testing that? And some people put forward the idea, okay, well, we've got, we've got some of these things like dark matter. We have observed starlight coming into us, and we know it travels at the speed of light, and we know then you know how far away these things are based on redshift and, and so forth. And then you can track back. This um, the direction everything's going. So you plot everything going, and you track it, track it, track it back to the Big Bang. And in order for it to be the size it is, it needs to have expanded faster than the speed of light. And then also for the shape it's in and how far apart everything is, the mass is we're missing a whole bunch of mass. You know, there's 
they've, they've, they've turned it dark matter. But in reality, it's just the question mark. Like when we do these calculations of, of how the universe has expanded and where everything is in positions and uh, the size of galaxies and the densities and so forth, we're going, well, we're missing about 40 to 60% of all the matter in the universe. We, it's unaccounted for. Yeah. Like the universe is acting as if it has all this other mass. Yeah. But it's not detectable in any way. And so one idea is, of course, well, let's say you do have a simulation simulating us here on Earth and you're simulating as much as you can. What if there's limits to how much you can simulate? Yeah. And dark matter is one of those boundaries where we're kind of hitting the edge of this this program and they're like, okay, well, our, our computer's not really advanced enough to fill in a real universe. Mm. Uh, or maybe we're actually simulations of the simulations and they are trying to explain dark matter. So they've simulated a universe which is the same as theirs with dark matter and to see if we come up with a solution for dark matter that they can learn from. How about that? That really makes Because real. we could be operating at different timescales. Yeah. Much like if you run up an old computer game on a brand new computer, yeah. there was a point at which uh, computer games introduced... Um, frame limiting so they would only do so many calculations which meant uh, no matter how fast a computer you had the game would always run at the correct speed because uh, it would wait for the number of frames to do the next sort of thing but before that I can't remember what date it was and which game it was but before then they just ran as fast as the computer would run because computers just didn't run fast enough to worry about and so you play one of those games in a modern computer you can't because it's just it's way too fast. So that essentially that is the same as the game is running at a higher time yeah, so scale to yourself. So if you could run a simulation on a faster computer, then yeah, you could create it. Okay, well, let's find out if someone else can figure out. We'll simulate some really smart people evolving on a planet and we'll see if they come up with an answer and we'll just watch that pass through a few million years. No, they never come up with an answer. Well, let's change something a little bit, maybe provide a bit more information, run the simulation again. So we could be all, we could all, this, this is a, a philosophical thought which goes right back, of course, to well before computers, back to the idea of, of I mean, Shakespeare, he mentions it, uh, what, uh, we are all actors on the stage and life is but a dream and so forth. Yep. And we go back then to the ancient Greeks mm-hmm. who believed that the gods, the fates themselves, basically played with people's lives like, you know, pawns on a chessboard. Yeah. So they didn't say pawns. They had like whatever weirdo Greek game they had. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What they're, Ten they're... pin bowling, I suppose. <laughs> but with no. people. Yes. Something along those lines. Yeah. So it it is a, and I'm going to keep this relatively brief because we've covered so much of this movie and, and it is a brain boiling kind of idea. But one idea put forward and, uh, you know, I, I was scurrying around trying to find this philosopher who was talking mm. about it. Could not get his name in time. I'll tr- try to catch up on it. Yeah, the simulation of the simulations is weird, but isn't it? Simulation, simulations, yes. Yeah, like if you if you said that there's these creatures that are created us to run the game, like a, like a science experiment, I yeah. can see we're, that. We're the Sims. We're the Sims. And then they're like, oh, no, it never worked out. They never solved that. Okay, start again. They put this put dinosaurs in there. 
you know, yeah. like they just change something and then run the simulation. But then do we at some point go, oh, we could run simulations to save our future society and then those simulations are the simulations of the simulation. Yeah, well, that's that movie, The 13th Floor. And then and then those original scientists are like, oh, look at them. They're creating their own little simulations now. This is interesting. This is interesting. Let's watch this. Oh, they're deleting that one. They didn't really let it run for very long. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe we should do The 13th Floor as one of these Yeah, we, I think out. we should. I'm, because... I don't think I've watched it. I know, I'm pretty sure I know the one, but I, yeah. Is it Stephen King or no? Is it based no. on the Stephen King book? No. no, no. I think I'm thinking of another one. It's not, yeah, because there is, there's a John Cusack and Samuel Jackson Stephen King film that is like the 13th floor or something, or I might be wrong, or is it the 53rd room or something? Maybe. And he, go, he goes kind of crazy, you know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, well, well, this one here yeah. is Vince D'Onofrio and someone or other, I can't okay, remember. No, I always no. remember him because at the time that I watched it, he was in... Special Victims Unit, uh, yes. and we'd sort of that was a bit of tradition. We'd watch that on a Sunday evening as a bit of a wind down from the weekend because uh, we lived a wild life in, per- in Melbourne <laughs> before kids when we had money and we were happy. <laughs> so, any more about the simulations of the simulations? Oh, I was just saying that that uh, ideas before is what should we do yeah. if we're in a simulation? Yeah, like how do we get out of the simulation? Well. We well, wouldn't. you you can't, but no. you can live a good life, and <laughs> you've got to you've got to think there's going to be some Pretty reason they're running the simulation. Perhaps it's entertainment or to learn something. Yeah. So perhaps we should be nice and grow and teach yeah. something okay. to the, anyone who was observing us. So it was basically using it as a justification for improving yourself and being nice to people, mm. which oddly enough everyone agrees with, but we don't all do. Yeah. And I mean, then you could get the religious fundamentals that are like, well, all you're saying is God, really. Well, um, that's know, a the, version of God. That is, that's the case. Then you Maybe do God have, is the simulation. You do yeah, have a creator being then with yeah. an intelligent design, don't you? Yeah, same idea. Fascinating. Or at, like at the end of Men in Black, the snails are tossing marbles and inside those marbles was the whole universe. Universe, yeah. yes. Or uh, was it the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yeah, where did. the Earth the Earth was a computer to work out the meaning of life, universe yeah. and everything? Yes. Yeah, simulations of simulations. Very yes, nice. and it... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a fascinating bit of philosophy. Yeah. If you go look in the simulation... What was that book that Neo, at the very start... Now, you've just reminded me of this. He had a book where he kept those um, laser discs. Yeah. Oh. The mini discs. And it said... You, when you said simulations of simulations, the title of the book was something like simulation of a something or other. I couldn't yeah. pick it up. But it was, that was like one of those little clues as to what yeah. the Matrix was. Yeah. Because uh, it's the same, you know, like above the Oracle, it's Latin for know yourself, know thyself. Yes. And so it, there is, there's all these little repetitions of those themes throughout the whole, as I said, on his door, it's 101. Yeah. Um the rabbit, the the down the hole, you know, like, yeah, there, there's all these little moments, isn't there, of the same things, you know, over and over. Yeah. No, very no, clever, the Wojowski's, very clever. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I picked up on this this viewing through, was just all of those, the how, how carefully crafted this film was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Although I, did, I, I, I enjoyed some of those. Cloud Atlas was quite fun. Quite yeah. Fun. 
That was nice. Um, not again, it's a different style of film to this one, but and maybe we'll do that again. Maybe that, again, we'll do that for some time. <laughs> some time. Episode. 103 or something. Yeah, like. and we should we should look. Uh, you and I were talking about the sequels, Matrix Two, Matrix Three, and oh, I don't know which Wachowski. There's only one of them making number four. Yes, they're not. It's not the Wachowski brothers, but one of them. Sorry, sisters. Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, the Wachowskis. They like to be called. One of them is making the number four one. Um, but yeah, not that it's not the Wachowskis. Yeah, one you, you gotta wonder what the heck could number four be. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, but we should also we were talking about before, like we saw the sequels at the time and maybe weren't as sucked into the universe. Whereas going back now at a later point in time, they are quite interesting. Yeah, I, I saw them not re, not long ago, uh, and re- having remembered that I, I wasn't that impressed with them the first time mm. because I just come off the Matrix, the first one, which is astounding. Yeah. You can't really follow that up with. Could you imagine if they'd somehow come up with a number two, which was just as, as astounding? You'd go, "Oh my god!" You know, it's just like they thought they were the Matrix, but they're actually in the Matrix of the Matrix. The computers were <laughs> being used by humans as batteries, yeah. and in that world where they made batteries out of computers, the computers made batteries out of humans, and now we're going to come out. We're going to. Well, there was humans that sacrificed other humans into the Matrix to run their computers, but in fact, there was computers sacrificing those humans to run their battery. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. You know, something like that. It's just matrices all the way down. Yeah. Well, maybe that is number four, sorry. So everyone out there will have to wait and see. So let us know what you thought about The Matrix, what we chatted about tonight. It's definitely a film that go get your head uh, a bucket of popcorn and see if your head makes it through it, to be honest. Yeah, go, go and get some head, a bucket of popcorn <laughs> and see if you make it through it. That's right. Head in buck, bucket. Watch Neo popcorn. blow Morpheus, apparently. <laughs> 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 yes, the things that we talk oh. about. Next episode is number 51. And... Freak! Uh, excuse You're me. You're one yes. of us. <laughs> Sorry, what's yeah. the next film? Yeah. That's the one. It, I believe no, it's a what's, German. What's I've the film? I've not seen it before. I... Uh, it's called Freak, You're One of Us. I believe it's German. It is available on Netflix if you've got access to that. Maybe other streamers. I'm not too sure. Uh, go check it out before episode 51 comes out. We'll be talking about it in great detail. I know nothing about it really, except that it is German and it's on Netflix. Well, yeah, get a worry if it's German and they're talking about freaks. Ooh, it could be really, really like hostile or sore. I don't think well, so. Actually. I, I, I think I remember be. seeing the ad. There's, there's no one being chopped into pieces, which is nice. <laughs> anyway, check us out on our website. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Basically, just look for Space Brains. You, you will find us on one of those channels, whatever the type of channel you like to be on. Reach out, say hi, send us a message, let us know what you thought. And... That will do me, I think, for That's the night. That's it. My Gabe. brain is schmoodled. I'm leaving the Matrix. See ya. Where's, where do we get out? See ya.